2: This is the Carriker and Smallman podcast, powered by I Promise. Now here's Carriker and Smallman.
4: Good morning and welcome to the show. Carriker, Smallman, Danny Mac on 101 ESPN. It's 7.01, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Happening overnight, yeah. the Blues losing to Colorado, the Cardinals winning over the Pirates, but happening right now, we're going to head to Kiowa Island in South Carolina where the PGA Championship is underway, and we get an opportunity to visit with Bob Herrig of ESPN.com. He always does a fantastic job of covering golf, and we always appreciate him taking some time with us. Bob, thank you so much. Good morning. How's everything looking so far in Kiawah Island this morning?
5: Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. It looks great. You know, this is, uh, it's nice when weather, bad weather isn't a part of the story at a major. I don't think we're going to have any bad weather. And uh, the only thing is the wind, which uh, obviously makes it makes it very interesting if we have some.
0: And, Bob, how's the, how's the wind conditions right now? Because I know that a lot of people are picking their golfers based on the wind conditions.
5: Right. Now's probably the best time to be out there it's it's not it's not that bad right now um but it's supposed to be pretty breezy all of the afternoon uh of the tournament and whatever the wind forecast is for here if they say it's 10 or 12 it seems like it's a lot more at the course you know it just seems on the golf course it's blowing harder than any wind gauges telling them it's at the weather office, because uh, it just doesn't seem like it's been calm the whole time I've been here. So that uh, that makes for an interesting week, you know. Uh, wind causes doubt with these guys, and when you have doubt, then then you're not as committed, uh, and that's that's when you start to see some problems usually.
6: So Rory McIlroy right now is, uh, if you're at a sports book or if you like to put a friendly wager down, he's the guy that people are going with. Who else do you like in this uh, in this championship?
5: Well, I think this is the one that has the 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 most. It has the most depth of any of the majors. It's it's got the, the the most players that have a chance to win because they go so deep into the world rankings, you know. And so there's just not that much of a difference between 90 and 10 in in pro golf. It's uh, it's not like tennis, you know. There's it's pretty fine line. So you can go really deep, but I I like a guy I picked is Xander Shoffley. Finished third at the Masters. He played with Hideki Matsuyama in the last round, and and actually gave him a pretty good fight up until up until he just ran into some issues on the 16th hole at Augusta when he uh, he missed he misjudged the wind, and it cost him. Um, but he's been really good in majors, even though he hasn't won one. He's just he's only been out here a few years, and he's already got seven top tens in majors. So he clearly likes tough courses, and he seems to play them well. Uh, so I kind of like his chances this week. I think, uh, <clears throat> tough conditions suit him. And so I think, and I think that's what we're going to see a good bit of.
4: And Bob, I would think in about a half hour is when ESPN plus is going to get its most viewers. When you have the group teeing off at 10 of Rory, Justin and Brooks, the PGA always has some fun groupings like that. And that's the one, isn't it?
5: Yep. All, all past the PGA winners. Um, and they've done that a couple of times with um, with some of their older champions, too, where they put the past PGA winners together. And we also have the reigning winners of the other majors, uh, Morikawa, who won last year at the PGA, Hideki, who won the Masters, and Bryson DeChambeau, who won the U.S. Open. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, unlike the PGA Tour, which kind of tries to do it a bit randomly the first two days um, there's there's a lot of thought that goes into who they put together.
7: ESPN in the PK Championship.
4: Yeah. ESPN.com is Bob Herrig with us off the bat here on Chris Smallman and Danny Mack on 101 ESPN. Bob, I wanted to ask you about Brooks Kepka. How's his health? Is he going to be able to hold up for four days in these conditions?
5: Yeah, that's the big question. I think. Um, I, you know, I think he'll hold up, but but how effective he will be is more the concern. Um, you know, he had this kind of freakish knee injury in early March, uh, and he uh, he ended up having to have surgery on March. It was March 16th. You know, so what? Well, we're two months past that. Most of us are probably still hobbling around. He, he tried to play the Masters, and then he played last week. And um, missed the cut both times. And, he, you know, he might have come back too soon at the Masters. But th- the bottom line is is since he finished second at the WGC event in Bradenton in late February, he's only played in two tournaments and only four competitive rounds. You know, so that's... He's spent a lot of time trying to rehab and trying to get things feeling better. And he's not played a lot of time, you know, be- between the ropes. So... I, I, you know, he, I appreciate his resilience, but I just think it's a lot to ask.
0: Bob, you mentioned the depth of this tournament. What's a name that people should pay attention to of a guy who, who might be a younger golfer who's now in the mix or someone that people might know not know as well?
5: Yeah, you know, I think there's several like that. Will Zalatouris uh, comes to mind. You know, he finished second at the Masters. You know, he's not even a fully exempt player on the PGA Tour yet. He... He's got this kind of odd status um, where he's had a lot of success, but he's not hes not actually a full member yet. Uh, and he's got a lot of confidence and playing has been playing great. Uh, and young guy, 23, 24 years old, plays a lot at home with Jordan Spieth. Um, you know, uh, Corey Connors from Canada has had a lot of nice high finishes recently. He's been up there, hasn't won. But he's been in the mix a good bit, and again, this is—I think—this is the tournament where you know you see more names that you might not expect uh, in the mix, be- simply because they're in the tournament. You know, a lot of guys don't make it into the Masters or they don't make it into the U.S. Open, but here there's more spots for these guys, and it it, uh, it leads to you know the odds suggest that more guys are going to have a chance to come through.
4: Bob, we will be keeping an eye on Rory and that group this morning. We'll always be keeping an eye on you on Twitter and, of course, your work at ESPN.com throughout the course of the weekend. Have a great PGA Championship. Thanks for taking some time with us. We know that you're squeezed for time this morning, and we always appreciate you taking the time with us.
5: Yeah, Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good day.
4: You too. Take care. That's Bob Harrig of ESPN.com. So he's got Rory. I think most people have Rory. Nothing wrong with that.
0: He's at the top of most people's... Uh books there and he's
4: the odds-on favorite
0: yes. so if you're
4: one there yeah yeah
6: so, so I'm, I'm fine with that i i look at it i i you can say rory you can say jt i like jordan spieth even though he's had a bad year but it's getting better and better and better mm-hmm. starting about two months ago so any of the big names will have a shot we'll see how it plays out and he's right everybody's talking about the wind i've played there have you ever played there? no i never have it's awesome and uh if if it's windy it's it's brutal Okay. Oh yeah, so
4: that'll be the it'll come down to conditions and handling that. I wanted him to say Cameron Smith among the young golfers because I've got him on my list, but he he didn't. All right, a couple of things happened last night. Number one, the Blues had another disaster. They allow a goal thirty five seconds in, and then back to back power play goals at eighteen oh five of the first and three fourteen of the second. Three nothing avalanche at that point and it was turn out the lights the party's over the blues wind up lit, losing by a score of six three actually got within three two but the blues just aren't good enough that's the fact of the matter it's just it, it's sad but true the blues aren't good enough to compete with colorado
0: it feels like they're overmatched in yeah. a lot of ways Nathan and
4: mckinnon has them overmatched another hat trick
0: incredible he really is but i'm i'm with you i think listen it's not over it's not over yet but i i don't know i just think it's going to be very difficult for them to pull this one off
6: well you come home you got nine thousand fans tomorrow night that'll be energetic for the crowd it's a must win situation when you're down by two games i think the hit that cadre put on uh who was it Falk, Falk. i guess yeah. um you know when you do that and there's something to that too if that carries over at all that's that's where i'm holding not hope but You got to stay out of the penalty box because when Nathan McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon, when he gets going in the
4: neutral zone, might be the fastest player in the league. I think he's the best player in the league. In addition to the fastest, the best, too. a guy in Edmonton, pretty good. Pretty good. But I think I'd take McKinnon with his
6: all-around game. Uh, I, I like the guy in Edmonton. You can't go wrong with either one. Either one. But we're talking about one of the best, one or two best players in the world. And when he gets ahead of steam, there is nobody that can stop this guy. He is awesome. He is flat-out awesome.
0: Five goals, two assists already.
4: Yeah, he's <laughs> been games. the difference maker in the series. And the Cardinals are able to hang on for an 8-5 win. Jack Flaherty with another victory, and he is 8-0 and on the season. Some struggles by the bullpen, but another win for the Cardinals. They're supposed to be Pittsburgh, and they did.
0: I've gotten to the point where every time I watch Jack Flaherty, I'm trying to savor it because every time I watch him, I think, how much longer are the Cardinals going to have him? What's this going to cost? Why do you cost? think like that? I don't know. It's maybe because I'm bracing myself for impact. I should I should just enjoy it as I watch it, but that's the way I'm thinking is, how much longer is this going to happen?
6: Oh, I don't think that way. I, I look at it as he's a young guy. Uh, I hope it works out for him here in St. Louis, and if it does, great. If it doesn't, that's fine, too, but... He is one of the best pitchers in, in baseball right now, and you take away his first start in Cincinnati. His ERA now going into the game last night was 1.47. So we I threw it out there last night on the game. I said, we got all these no-hitters, another no-hitter thrown by Corey Kluber last night if you were going to put your money on somebody. Jack Flaherty, he's got good stuff. I I thought he was okay last night. I didn't think he was great. He's getting a ton of run support, mm-hmm. a ton. You know, so when he left the game, I think it was eight to two, give you six innings. He's given you so many. The, the team has given him so much run support. I, I personally, I'd like to see him at least go
4: seven. At I would least. too. I mm-hmm. mean, I, now I'm nitpicking a little bit, but that's what number ones do. And he threw 105 pitches. He did walk four. But I, I would say that he's right there in the conversation. Here we are a quarter of the way through the season for the Cy Young in the National League. Problem is, though, these writers, for most of them, they don't value a win. That's true. Mm-hmm. But I think they also everybody's going to blow up and everybody should wind up with the knowledge like you just mentioned of that first start. If you look at his body of work after opening day, it's as good as anybody. Yeah, he's been really good and anytime he goes out there every fifth
6: day he's got a he gives you a chance to win. I thought his start against Milwaukee 2 starts ago was terrific. Like his fastball, they're not hitting his fastball. And I guess if you're going to nitpick on a guy that's 8-0, and oh, and that's nitpicking. With a 147 going into the start yesterday, is he gets ahead and counts, and the counts go from let's say one and two or 0 oh and two, and you look up it's two and two, three and two, and in the second half of 2019 he was so efficient in the zone and it was quick, and he was going deeper into games, and we'll see if he can do that uh, moving forward. But like I said, that's. That's nitpicking, man, because he's he's really been good. And the Cardinal lineup was good uh, in the two games against the
4: Pirates. And as Dan mentioned, Corey Kluber the Yankees with another no-hitter for Major League Baseball last night. And we're going to break the all-time record. The, the all-time oh, yeah. record is seven, and the, we, we've got six, including two in two days. Well, you could make a case that you got seven.
6: Yeah, but with Bumgarner, right? I put, I, they don't oh, recognize yeah. that. I do. I do, too. They said, hey, here's seven innings. you got to go out and win this game in seven innings. Well, he did. He threw a no-hitter.
4: He didn't make up the rules. No. So you have seven in my book. And if, yeah, I I said to Michelle the day after that happened, if you're going to count it as a win for the Diamondbacks, it's a real game. Yeah. So why not count it as a no-hitter for him? I mean, he got the win, right? So if if you're going to give him the win, why not give him the the shutout, complete game shutout and the no-hitter? And I don't
6: know about you guys. I'm not worried about getting to number seven with a nine-inning no-hitter. We're, we're going to get another <laughs> yeah, one. We, we are. It's unbelievable. Yeah,
4: it's crazy.
6: Have and you seen what the major league average is? Do you guys know it? I, I mentioned this the other night. 230, um, wait, 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 231, is it?
7: 236.
6: Wow. Yeah. Team runs per game are at seven point Three outcome, uh, true outcome, strikeout, home run, walk is at yeah. a fourth of the
4: at-bats in major league baseball. So you're going Great. to see probably another no-hitter. Wow. We're going to talk to Greg Amzinger about that later on. And, oh, by the way, even Clayton Kershaw said, yeah, this is too many no-hitters. This is not good. But coming up, we've got sick of it. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service, text line 65780. What are you sick of? It's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the
2: character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
4: text into the air comfort service text line 65780 guys mine it is easy 21 minutes ago adam Schefter tweeting that it's now official that tim tebow is a member of the jacksonville jaguars 21 minutes ago official i'm sick of it i'm, I'm sick of the tim tebow conversation being a jaguar
0: well you better buckle up because this is just the beginning <laughs> i know you're about to be <laughs> uber sick of it
4: yeah i'm going to be overwhelmed i know he it's, can't play that position.
0: He can't play at all. No, <laughs>
6: Has it been eight years eight since years. he? Yeah, eight Over years 3, since he last played. Yeah, <laughs> he ain't playing. Unbelievable. Hey, what does that say? I mean, to me, if you, if you have a guy that is a tight end that has been groomed as a tight end, or maybe somebody that was just recently in the league, like a year out, and you're looking for a specific type of tight end, what's it say to bring in Tim Tebow and let him take reps?
4: Yeah, it's ridiculous. So mm. you think about a guy like Sean Culkin from Mizzou, who just got cut last week by Kansas City. Sean Culkin is an infinitely better tight end than Tim Tebow and will be in week one, five, eight, fourteen, seventeen 14, 17 of the season. But Tim Tebow is going to get the opportunity, not mm. Sean Culkin. Yeah.
0: But does he have a relationship with Urban Meyer? No, that's... but Urban
4: Meyer said it has nothing to do with that.
0: Okay. He he
4: had nothing. Right, Michelle? Urban Meyer had nothing to do with the signing of Tim Tebow.
0: Nothing to do with it. Sure. (laughs) We all believe that. Absolutely. All right, guys. I am sick of these late starts for the Blues. Brutal. Not only did the Blues lose the game, and you have to deal with that, but you have to stay. uh, The game starts at 9 or 9.30. You're staying up late. It's a quick turnaround for us here in St. Louis, and it leads to a rough next morning. I'm sick of it. It's even
4: stupid for people in Denver, by the way, with an 8.30 start.
0: Totally agree. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
6: Okay, I'm sick of uh, not seeing full stadiums. Mm-hmm. Let's go, Danny. Open it up. Okay, we'll do that. Let's do that in uh, three weeks. Uh, how about June 14th? That's fine.
4: Open it up all the way. Go get vaccinated. Come on down. It's gonna Let's be great. Go. Do you think that we'll have a full house on June 14th? I think we will. I think the game will sell. Or if you
6: don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine. I don't. Right. It's yeah. your choice. But go, uh, go come get down, your tickets. Yeah, come down to the game. I think it'll be a full house.
0: I agree. I think it will too.
6: Eh, I think I, I still believe that there's trepidation by some. I don't know what that percentage would be. I also think people need to get in their buying habits of getting back in the swing of things, of coming down to the ballpark. But are we going to see crowds of 25 30,000? Absolutely. Yeah, what you what you saw last night will be doubled. It'll be doubled this weekend against the Cubs. Um, And I'm sure we'll be pushing tickets hard and reminding everybody that, hey, it's open for business. I believe those single-game tickets go on sale on the 27th, so it's not quite open yet in terms of getting online and getting your tickets for the 14th. Right
0: watching the games and hearing the crowd and sensing the energy it is such a different deal and i just think once we have a full bush stadium again you always said this and i and i completely agree with you we're gonna look back on the cardboard cutouts and the piped in noise and we're gonna say how did we watch that how did we enjoy that
4: it's the only thing we had.
6: I know, but yeah, so.
0: it's it's just such a different experience watching the game when you have fans there.
4: And even coming out of a year in which there were no fans, and obviously this quarter of a season with, at max, 14000 the Cardinals are offering $6 tickets when you come back. That's they, right. They want to make it That's affordable great. for families and for people to come back.
6: There's still $20 seats available for this mm-hmm. weekend against the Cubs. Now, right. it'll be close to capacity, if not at capacity, but... Mm-hmm. It'll it'll feel different.
4: I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like tomorrow night. All right, let's get a few sick of it from the text line. Emily, what do you got?
8: From the five seven three sick of taxes and nuts in food that doesn't need it. That's so specific. Nuts
0: it and is. food that doesn't need it. Does this mean brownies? Sneak some walnuts in there. Some people don't like that. Yeah, I, would
6: I don't think like so. walnuts on my brownie. I don't
0: either, Dan. Do you like mm. walnuts in general?
6: Not really. I'm not yeah, a huge come to walnut think of it, guy either.
0: Me either. Like, if if there's a buffet there and you can choose different nuts, that, you know, they you, mm-hmm. some people put on their salad, their oatmeal if you're at a hotel, etc. I'm not going walnuts. I'm yeah. just not.
4: And I would say even if you are sick of paying taxes, pay them. That would just be my suggestion.
0: <laughs> Uncle Randy advice. Yeah,
4: they will find you. They will find you. <laughs> I have a friend of mine that's an older gentleman
6: that didn't. Made a mistake and didn't pay taxes for a while. They found him. (laughs) Yeah, they found him, and oh, he paid him. I'm sure.
8: From the 585, you know what, Randy? I'm sick of worrying about Nolan opting out and going to the Dodgers ever since you said that yesterday.
4: Eh, Don't worry about it. Why'd you you say that? He's not going anywhere. Don't
8: put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby.
4: I just said that he still has the opt-out and the Dodgers still have a lot of money and they just signed Albert Pujols to play first base and could play Turner. He's not first. going anywhere. Thank you, Dan. Stop. Hey, I just had to throw it out there as a possibility. It Michelle's worried about is uh, It's a possibility it might but, rain today, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but the Jack Flaherty concern I think is a little more significant than the Nolan Arenado concern. Isn't no? the
4: Arenado more of a clear and present danger because it happens after this season?
0: I think he likes it here. That's just my hunch.
4: Yeah, Jack Clark loved it here.
0: He said, thank God I'm a Cardinal. That's right.
4: So did Jack Clark.
0: Babies named after him, Randy.
4: Okay, wonderful. Yeah, there were babies named after Curtis Joseph and Brett Hall. Did they end their careers here? Brendan Shanahan? You're right. You never say
6: never, but I'm just saying for the immediate of next year, he's staying. I don't have guarantee on that. I don't have word on that. That's just my personal opinion in talking with people.
4: That's my opinion, too, but... I'm just throw and it was just a throwaway. It's you look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers just like you freaked it, out people. Well, they don't be freaked out. I don't care what the Dodgers are doing. I care about what the Cardinals are doing. Well, three years ago he went to Corey Seeger when Corey Seeger was being interviewed, and he left, and Corey Seeger said to the writer, He can't wait to play here. So that's that's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
8: From the 314, I'm sick of the Blues backing off of McKinnon. Stand him up.
4: Hey, got to catch it, him first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Codri's going to get your guy, you go get their guy. I mean, they got Codri because he hurts people. That's why he's in the league. That's Which, why Colorado is he, he did it like, in 2019 with the uh, Maple Leaf. He's three of the last four years now, he's had an event Expension. like this in the first round of the play. Yeah, yep. he's,
0: he's likely going to get suspended, though. Do you really want someone on the Blues to not only do that, but potentially get suspended? If I
4: can knock out McKinnon, yeah.
0: You re- How how much better do you think their chances would be if McKinnon was not there? Infinitely. I know.
4: <laughs> yeah, he's that good.
0: <laughs> he's really good. <laughs> he's really,
6: he's really good. that good. Yeah. I I mean, not having Perron, too, though, mm-hmm. has hurt this team. I thought that it was embarrassing. Im- it was bad what happened yesterday. You yeah. can't get guys on the ice until 1230 or whatever it was. Can't yeah. happen. No, that's
4: that's the NHL. And I do think that, yes, David Perron missing is big, but I just don't think this team is set up. And there were things that were out of their control. You can't control Alexander Steen getting hurt and his career ending. You can't control the injury to Sunquist. but they've got some work to do during the offseason as they try to get this thing back to a Stanley Cup championship level. From the
8: 636 636- Randy I'm sick of hearing about all the UFOs everybody is now all of a sudden seeing
4: it's not all of a sudden apparently this has been happening for years and I'm all in on it I'm oh, not sick of it too. I love it yeah it's <laughs> I I just want to meet one of the, the one of the people whether there's a little person you don't know if it's a little person you yeah. don't know if it's a
6: two-footer I expect them
0: to be very tall and lanky that's what I yeah. think yeah, yeah. It,
6: it could be a big blob a big block. You, you don't know. Yeah. I do That's want the to beauty of it. the yeah. door
0: of the UFO opening, yeah. and it's a big block. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, Just
6: wobbling look. down the.
0: <laughs> like flubber. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs>
6: and I hope that they'll communicate with us. I hope they speak English. Well, didn't you watch? Uh, well, these guys definitely didn't. Close Encounters? Oh, yeah. Hmm? You guys didn't see it, did you? Did not. Yeah. Know. Okay. We better have a little piano or something so we can communicate mm-hmm. musically. Well, yeah.
0: Now on your phone, there's apps where you can speak into it and it translates for you. So maybe they have phones and they have that app and they yeah. can translate English.
4: And they probably see one of the one of the fighters, one of the Hornets that are built here in America, and the the, the UFOs probably see those on their radar and they go ha. <laughs> Hornet, what are you talking about? <laughs> the UFOs are, lo- are seeing us, and they're, our objects are identified for them. Our, those are unidentified flying objects. Uh-huh. For them, what, they're no, looking I'm just asked, What's the Hornet? Oh, just the planes that are flying around. The, oh, because okay. it was Hornets. Uh, it, the other day on 60 Minutes, I believe, it was a Hornet uh, pilot that had seen the UFO and said, uh-huh. dude, you seeing this? Is that right? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's a big thing now.
0: But... It just seems like for so many years there's been sightings, and you think if they are aware of Earth and have been hovering around, what's holding them up? Make your move already.
4: Well, they probably have not been told how great Chick Fil A is. Once they find, out, <laughs> once they're told how great Chick Fil A is, they land and they're going to go through the drive thru You he liked Chick Fil A even before you started interviewing Wayno.
6: Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah,
0: do All the right. aliens know about Sunjoy?
4: If they do, then they'll become identified very, very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Thank you. Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, next on 101 ESPN. We're right back
2: to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> <laughs>
4: MLB Network was airing the Angels game last night and broke in for the ninth inning of Corey Kluber's no-hitter. And Corey Kluber, stoic. I mean, you could not get him to show any emotion whatsoever. But then he spoke to Greg Amzinger, who joins us now this morning on 101 ESPN on the Brown and Kruppen Celebrity Line. It's Carriker, Smallman, Danny Mack. And, Greg, good morning. I understand that you were able to kind of melt the ice a little bit for Corey Kluber?
3: Let me tell you something. Uh, In my office, I have a photo of me standing next to Derek Jeter, spring training interview, and Derek Jeter's laughing, which I think is one of the crowning achievements of my career. You can't get Derek Jeter when he was playing to really laugh and let loose. I felt like I was entering my first UFC fight last night when I found out that Corey Kluber was going to join us for a live interview. I looked at my cohorts, Carlos Pena and Sean Casey, and you get borderline nervous because Corey Kluber, I don't think he smiled at his own wedding. I I don't (laughs) think he really smiled when they said, hey, Corey, you want to hold your firstborn? You really got to bring it, man. And I I was sitting there, and so the first question comes out of my mouth. I go, Corey Kluber joins us now. Corey, uh, congratulations. One of the best nights of your career, maybe the best. When you were warming up before the game, did you feel good about yourself? And he goes,
9: um,
3: I, n- nothing out of the ordinary. That was, that was the first answer. The guy just threw no hitter. So we're working on them and we're working on them. And then I, I at the end I go, uh, have you contacted your family yet? And he's like, yeah, I, I, uh, my wife texted me. I go, oh yeah. What was, what was her reaction? And he goes, um, well, she doesn't watch the games. So, um, you know, she found out at the end that I was three outs away, and um, yeah, she tuned in and she was very happy. And I go, you know, it's funny—we everyone in the world gets these updates on their phones now, and it says Corey Kluber's three outs away from a no-hitter. For your wife, she's like, "Oh, husband's about to throw a no-no. I better tune in." And he laughed, like <laughs> openly laughed, and I paused, and I was like, "Wow, Corey Kluber." Congratulations! I never seen him smile, so it was one of the great moments uh, of my
6: career.
4: Congratulations! Now, <laughs> the question is: Corey Kluber gets a no hitter, and it's just—it's a thing. It's—it's just happening. It's happening all the time. It's certainly not historic anymore. Are too many no hitters bad for baseball?
3: Uh, we picked uh, last night which pitcher today is going to throw no hitters. So I—I've I, got Nick Pavetta, who's five and zero for the Red Sox throwing a no-hitter against the Blue Jays, although the Blue Jays' lineup's great. It's weird. I mean, if Wade Miley's throwing a no-no and looking dominant, John Means a couple years ago couldn't get anybody out, but now he's, a, he's an ace and he's, he's throwing a no-hitter. You know, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, the single-season record is seven no-hitters. It's happened four times. We have six no-hitters. That's not counting Madison Bumgarner's seven-inning no-hitter. So we're, we're on pace for 22 no-hitters. Yeah. Wow. Twenty-two! 22. So look, this is, I, it was a weird moment last night. I, I my, my phone blew up not to pat myself on the back, but you know, every once in a while, accidentally, I say something that makes sense on TV. Um, I said, I felt like I was on television last night for the, with the perfect uh, pair of analysts. I had Sean Casey and Carlos Pena. And I go, and they're wondering why there have been so many no hitters. And I look at Carlos, I go, Carlos, no offense, but you were a home run hitter. Hit over 40 home runs a couple times. You mashed the ball, exit, D-low, launch angle. You were the king of that. What was your career batting average? He goes, 243. Uh, and I look at Sean Casey and I go, Sean, you never hit, I don't think you ever hit 200 home runs. You never hit 30 in a year. But what was your career batting average? He goes, 302. I go, Sean, uh, what was the average amount of strikeouts in a season for you? He goes, uh 40. I look at Carlos and go, how many the average strikeouts per season? He goes, 150? And I go, I go, here's what I think happened. Big league players want to be Carlos. And front offices value nine Carlos pings. No offense, Carlos. We should all every team should have two or three of you, but not nine. But that's what baseball has now. And we don't want Sean Casey in the game anymore. We don't want a Sean Casey in the game. When there's a no-no going, you want Sean Casey at the plate. You don't want Carlos Pena. And I love the guy. But that's what we have now. We have kids that are entering today. And if if you ask my son, who's 11, here are two baseball cards. Carlos Pena's or Sean Casey's. Which player do you want to be? Uh, 90% of the kids are taking Carlos Pena's career Mm -hmm. over Sean Casey. And that's a problem.
0: Greg, speaking of things that may or may not be good for baseball, the debate over the unwritten rules has been reignited thanks to Tony La Russa and your mean Mercedes. Where do you stand on that debate?
3: Look, it's a position player pitching. There's no etiquette uh, in the game anymore. I love it. I mean, it's a blowout. It's entertaining for fans. To watch a pitcher come up there and throw 48 miles an hour, anybody can do that. Get off their couch and go do that. You got Austin who doesn't have a six pack out there looking like he's playing in a beer league softball game, flipping some junk up. And we have to worry about the etiquette of the game. No longer is with the twins respecting quote unquote, their opponent. They're not respecting their opponent, by putting a guy out there that doesn't know how to pitch. Yeah. You can throw it over the plate, but he's not a pitcher. So if it's three, Oh, pad your stats. Cause they don't care. They don't care if you score any more runs. They're just saving their bullpen arms for another battle tomorrow. So I have no problem with it. 3-0, take. What? We'll be here all night. This isn't a, a pitcher. I, I remember a coach pitch, our kid pitch, for the first time uh, I'm on the coaching staff of my son's at the time it was 10-year-old baseball team. And London, my son, can hit the ball. He's a good job at he does a good job of hitting it. And there's a kid up there struggling. Can't throw it over the plate and all of London's teammates are taking ball four. And they're all going to first base. We're going to be here for an hour. I I, I walk up to London. I go, dude, uh, remember the game that we play when I throw to London? I I, I want my kids to be Vladdy Guerrero. Okay. Swing at a bad ball. Hit the ball. Have fun. Don't go to the game going, hey, dad, I had a great game today. My on-base percentage was 1,000. Oh, yeah? How'd you do? I didn't swing the bat. But, man, it was awesome. (laughs) Wait a minute. You never swung? No, no. The kid was five inches off the plate. I told him, I go, if a ball bounces, swing at it. If it's over your head. Throw the bat at it. we got to get some action here. So I, I, I'm okay with it, dude. I don't want As to deal a position player, walking seven guys in a row. Mercedes is having a great year. If you can hit a 48-mile-an-hour pitch over the center field wall, you're awesome. There's no velocity coming your way, and you've generated power. Tony, the game's different now. You've used a position player this year to, to pitch, and it was actually the guy that you are yelling at. You're a mean Mercedes. Before we ever grabbed a glove and played a position in the big leagues, you asked him to go out and pitch. So you're playing by the same rules everyone else is right now, Tony. It's a different day. Let's, let's ease up on that. It kind of annoyed me a little bit.
6: What do you think of uh, Albert in L.A.? Uh, I love it. I love it. I said last night, and
3: it might move the needle, but I don't care. I said it on MLB Network. He needed to stay in the game to prove that he can still be, he's still relevant. He can't go away Dan. He couldn't go away. We couldn't see him the next time representing the Dominican Republic in the, in the Olympic Games. He, he has to stay playing baseball, okay? And for the Dodgers, no one saw the Dodgers coming. The only National League team on my list of possible destinations for Albert the Milwaukee Brewers because they have no production right now at first base. Keston Hero looks lost. They have him at the alternate site. Daniel Vogelbach, he's not moving the needle for me. So I thought maybe it would be the Brewers playing next to Cole Wong again. But for him to go to the Dodgers, the Dodgers don't do this because they feel sorry for a guy. They're defending World Series champs. They think he can help them. I think he's going to play a lot more than people give him credit for. He had a bloop single again last night. I think all it means is, is when there's a new CBA and we have 30 spots for a designated hitter, that it's a lock. It's a lock. Albert Pujols comes back to St. Louis to end his career. By the way, I truly believe that. I truly believe that 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 Albert Pujols will come back when they when they universally have a designated hitter, which I believe is going to happen with the new CBA. Albert will be wearing the birds on the bat for one final run with Yachty and Wayno. That that's my prediction.
6: What do you think is uh, going on with the CBA? Let's get there first. Yeah, look, the fact that they met
3: Dan already once is a good sign. And from what I'm hearing, it's going to happen again. they will meet again around the all-star break needs to happen. This is a mayday, mayday situation. If they wait until the end of the year to sit down and actually chat, we might be steamrolling into a, into a strike. I think the owners know it. And I think the players know it and and something has to give. Uh, I, I, in in this case, I think the owners are going to have to give more than they want to. They won the last collective bargaining agreement and they spike the football in the end zone, and they danced and they pulled the pants down. So now you have to actually recognize that and and give a little more to the union who is angry about it. They're angry about the way the last CBA went. So uh, I believe the owners are going to have to give, they will, uh, and you're going to see more conversations happen before the uh, season ends. Sure, I,
4: hope so. Yeah, no doubt. Greg, one more thing. Here we are, a quarter of the way through the season. The biggest surprises in the National League: San Francisco leading the NL West. In the American League: Boston leading the AL East. Are either of those spots for those two teams sustainable?
3: No, absolutely not. No, I, I, Nick Pavetta, like I mentioned before, for the Red Sox has been a godsend. Their starting pitching has been much better. At some point, Chris Sale's coming back. But the Corey Kluver no-hitter, oh, to me, was symbolic. He's 4-0, the sub-2 ERA in his last five starts. You throw him in with Domingo, Herman is back. The Yankees are going to have Severino coming back. They have got the best bullpen in baseball right now. Aroldis Chapman has four legit out pitches. He has four-plus pitches, and he's throwing 103. I think the Yankees are definitely going to take that division over a very improved Toronto Blue Jays team. And the San Francisco Giants, I, 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 look, man, Farhan Zaidi already learned his lesson by holding on to Madison Bumgarner for one more run for Bruce Pochi. He's not doing that again. The Di the Gossmans, even the Cuetos who are going tonight. Those guys, he, he, he collected them for a reason. He's moving them. He is trading these reclamation projects to get young talent at the deadline. And, and I think he's hoping that his team is not within striking distance come trade deadline. So the, the San Francisco Giants are built on, on the four horsemen, four guys in their mid-30s. Brandon Crawford's on pace for 40 home runs. He's ever had 10 home runs at this point in the season. Brandon Belt's in his mid 30s. Longo's 35. Buster Posey's mid 30s. You're not holding back your team because you have four guys who want one more run at it. So uh, I'm not buying either one of them. They're great stories at the moment, but there are other talented teams in their divisions that are going to bring reality back. Who
4: wins the PGA? <laughs> oh man, I don't
3: even know. Uh, it's just it's hard to pick, right? I feel like it comes and goes. I mean, you know, we were all about Bruce Kepka for a long time. Uh, uh, Kepka, and I, I, I've lost track of where he's even been. Everyone just points at Deschambeau because he can out-muscle every single golf course. So it's a flip of the coin. I'll go Deschambeau just because I'm bored.
4: All right, sounds good. Hey, have a great day. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. All right, you guys are the best. Take care. That is the great Greg Amzinger, product of St. Louis and the Lindenwood University. And he joins us every Thursday here on 101 ESPN. We do appreciate that. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780 for a game of Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN.
2: We are right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on
4: 101 ESPN. Time for Tioli. Get your text into the air. Comfort service text line 65780. Guys, last night, late in the game, Nassim Kadri of the Avalanche has been suspended five times by the National Hockey League. Laid a dirty hit on Blues defenseman Justin Falcon. After the game, Braden Chen said, "Kadri, he can't control himself. In the playoffs, he's a re- repeat offender. Bad hits. Take it or leave it. If the Blues get the opportunity to see Kadri in these playoffs again, they shouldn't control themselves. Correct. Take it. Take it. Absolutely. You
6: take him out. Yep. If, you know, it's like he's in the neutral zone, you go after him. Mm -hmm. Big
4: time. Yeah,
0: I'm with you. It's was bad. It was terrible. And he is a repeat offender, obviously.
4: Yes. Yeah. Something needs to be done, and if they're going to leave it to the players to take it upon themselves, so
6: be it. Falk was in a vulnerable spot, Mm -hmm. which you do see a lot in hockey. Guys get in those spots where it's just, it's such a fast game. I mean, Watching that game last night, comparing it to a regular season game of three weeks ago. Now, part of it is that the avalanche can fly. Mm -hmm. That was so fast. I mean, those guys were humming out there, man. So, yeah, he's in the neutral zone. Take his head off.
0: Speaking of alleged repeat offenders, Deshaun Watson back in the news. He posted a video to his Instagram page yesterday. This is the first time that he has posted anything or even kind of spoken since his initial response to multiple allegations of sexual misconduct he posted videos of himself working out take it or leave it he plays at least one game in this season
4: take it I'm gonna take it too
0: I, I went through a phase there where I thought he wouldn't but now I think he's going to yeah
6: I think he plays one game I
0: think he posts that knowing something I think he posts that knowing that he's going to play Wonder if
6: he's still asking out of Texas
0: I doubt it. Just curious. Good point, Dan.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Delete the account. By the way, Deshaun. Yeah. Delete the account.
0: Just delete the account. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you still need Instagram up?
6: Yeah. Kwame Brown has been pretty good on Instagram lately.
0: Yeah.
6: Yeah. Or is it Twitter or whatever? But social media. Entertaining. Yeah, he's been fun. Yeah. Oh, Oh, am I supposed to have it taken or leave it? You are. Okay. I, I actually going to steal somebody here. Um, that texted in on this. And I have thought about it. Take it or leave it. Joaquin Andohar will make the Cardinals Hall of Fame someday. So you have to have a minimum of three years, correct? Yeah. Have and you looked at his three years? He, were, or, they were he, he was here
4: for, what, five or six? Yeah, got him right before the strike in 81 and then 82, 83, 84, 85. It's really good numbers. Really good. You know his name has never come up i know and and i was
6: i did this i was asked by i bet it's the same texter probably two weeks ago didn't address it on the air looked at the numbers talked to some uh, people about it down at the ballpark that either played with him or knew and watched him in his era and they're they're kinda like us, like hmm, I haven't really thought about it, but yeah, start looking at the numbers, yeah. they're pretty darn good. 120
4: games in yes. his last
6: year here. He was I think he, two times he won twenty games, or at least was close. Right. I yeah. thought it was twice though. So
4: in eighty two he was the ace of a World Series champion. And obviously in eighty five he he had the great year. So yeah, I would say that he absolutely deserves consideration. Least consideration. Yeah now we got to get through a lot Dominican. of we got to get to that's right we got to get
6: through a lot of guys though before you start getting into mm-hmm. some of these type of pitchers and players i think like i yeah. you know pretty soon right. you're going to have waino and yadi and albert and matt holiday david freeze potentially
4: you know but down the line yeah why not it's I, I love it. I'm into the Cardinals here, Hall of
6: Fame. I think it's awesome. Yeah.
4: The the way he, his last appearance as a Cardinal, he got thrown out of the World Series game. Yeah. But he was a highly competitive, really good player. I remember when they traded for him, how excited I was because the Cardinals didn't have a real number one right. in 82. They traded to, uh, 81, traded Tony Scott for him, and then went on strike the next day. Mm-hmm. And then when he came back, he was terrific for them. And Whitey. And Ozzy were perfect at handling him in that room. Too. No doubt. He was an explosive personality, and they were great with him. I'm with you, though. I think a
6: lasting memory for a lot of people is uh, Game 7 of 85. Yeah. Because he went nuts. Yeah, he did. He, he did. I mean, but, it was so after the Dankinger game, he went nuts. You know, John Tudor was ineffective in that start. Yep. He came in, he wasn't getting pitches, got upset, got thrown out, went crazy.
4: They had to hold him back. Yeah. Not great. Not great. Emily, what do you got for us?
8: From the 314, take it or leave it, the Marlins City Connect jerseys are dope. I'm going to take that. I yeah, think they're cool.
4: They're red. They're an homage to the old Havana jerseys. So the Sugar Kings. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll, I'll say they're dope. Dope.
6: It's yeah. either take it. This isn't, is this dope segment? Yeah. Not well, dope. I'll take it or you leave you it. You could take it either way, yeah. how you, when it would, you know, define dope. Well, but We're you're th- among the kids because you're clubbing. Absolutely.
0: That's right. Yeah. Rand DMC knows what's cool. Hey, what's the Sugar dope. Kings.
4: So, yeah, I'm I'm going to take it. They're dope. I haven't seen them. Oh, oh
0: you nice. should look them up. I think they're cool. They're really cool. Yeah.
6: I just, anytime that you see different hats or the jerseys, third jersey, eighth jersey for the mm-hmm. Diamondbacks, yep. Yep. it's a sellable point. Yep. yep. It's a very
4: sellable asset. Okay. Ta-ching. How about this? Take it or leave it. This is the best Marlins jersey ever.
0: Ooh, that's a good one.
4: They had black for black's sake for a while. Yeah, they did. They had, uh, remember the, that era where like half the teams had black jerseys just yeah. because? But uh, I
0: didn't, compared to a lot of other teams' black jerseys, I didn't mind the Marlins. I don't mind the
4: Marlins, no. Marlins uniform. Yeah, they're okay. but uh, Nothing
6: great, but it's fine. But these are dope. I don't like that they took out the fish tank. Yeah, that's disappointing. <laughs> it is. Come on, Derek and the Clevelander. Just saying.
8: All right, we've only got time for That's one more. Really so nice place. To From the three-one-four, take it or leave it. Bradley Beal will score at least twenty-five or more points tonight in a win against the Pacers.
6: Take, take it. it. Take it. There you go. Because if he doesn't, they ain't gonna win. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. Russell Westbrook could score fifty. Yeah, he still He's still Beal still got to get gotta to twenty-five. Yep, absolutely.
4: Thanks, Emily. Thank Come, you. Coming up. Sunday Night Baseball here in St. Louis. You've got the Cubs and the Cards, and Carl Ravitch of ESPN joins us next on 101 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: Moment, Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker, 101 ESPN in St. Louis, and the Cards and Cubs have Sunday Night Baseball. Carl Ravich of ESPN, kind enough to join us to talk a little bit of ball this morning in St. Louis. Ravi, it's always good to talk to you. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing really well. How are you all doing? Everything's great here in St. Louis, and uh, we always love the fact that the, the great rivalry is on ESPN, and you, you can have Yankees, Red Sox, or Dodgers. Dan McLaughlin looks at me like, "No, you 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 can't. You you can have Dodgers Giants, but Cards and Cubs. There's nothing like Cards and Cubs."
10: No, I mean it's a look. It's as it's as good as any of them, and uh, I think the fan bases, you know, contribute a great deal to that. I think the you know the popularity of the sport in both of those cities, especially yours, is. Uh, is second to none. So, yeah, Sunday Night Baseball, Cards and Cubs is, is akin, to, as you said, if you're going to throw Dodgers, Giants, if you're going to throw Yankees, Red Sox. To me, they're all the same. I think ratings-wise, the, the Yankees, Red Sox, for some reason, does better. And I don't know if that's just because more people have moved from those areas to other places, and nationally the number is a little bit higher. But, look, the Cardinals and Cubs is a phenomenal matchup, and they, their fan bases have spread out as well. So we're, we're excited about Sunday Night.
0: Carl, what do you think of Albert Pujols wearing a Dodgers uniform? Have you gotten used to that yet?
10: No, it's it's kind of weird. It'd be like if Batman all of a sudden was you know flying around in a spaceship instead of driving the <laughs> Batmobile. It's a little bit different. Um, you know, uh, I, to me that was a strange one because it felt like I'm just going to take a, a a better offer. It's like my like my son. If I say, "Hey, you want to go for a ride? We're going to go to a store," and he looks around and says, uh, "Let me think if I can ask my." my friends to take me to a golf course or I'm going to go play mini golf or I'm going to go get ice cream. Um, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. So he, he had an opportunity to, to play seemingly the same role with the angels and said, I don't want to be, uh, uh I don't want the role that I'm going to be in here. Even though he came out and said, I never said I didn't want to be a part-time player. I think somewhere between that and what he said is the real truth. He seemed to be acknowledging, I'm going to the Dodgers. They have a better chance to win the World Series. I'm pissed at the way this thing played out, and I'm going to sign up for the same job somewhere else. That's that's what it felt like to me.
6: What have you thought of the Cardinals so far?
10: Um, I love Wainwright and the way he's pitching. Um, getting Michaelis back is going to help a lot. Uh, they probably have the rookie of the year. And once Arenado was traded there, I assumed the Cardinals were going to win that division by five to 10 games. Um, uh, because I thought the Cubs were going to be on the downswing. And I think the Cubs are still going to end up, uh, not looking like the team that we're going to see Sunday night. I think they are going to trade. I, I don't think you, you let Darvish go and you just stop because all of a sudden they're playing 500 baseball. Uh, so I think they win that division. I you know, obviously what no one's doing is tremendous. And, um, uh, they're they're going to, to me, they win the Central.
4: Carl Ravage of ESPN with us on 101 ESPN. You know, when the when the Cardinals made that deal, we all knew that Arenado was great, and we wondered about him being away from Coors Field, but. Uh, from what we've seen he looks to be a franchise centerpiece kind of a player he's able to do things here because he's with an organization with the history of the Cardinals that he just couldn't do in Colorado I I just want to know if you look at him that way as a a franchise centerpiece kind of a guy
10: yeah I think part of the problem for Look, Matt Holliday was there, too, and had great success in Colorado and seemed to work out pretty well in St. Louis. I I think, you know, why is it Nolan's uh, fault that he's a Rocky? And because you put up good numbers like most offensive players, we assume that that won't translate. And Colorado is always going to have – uh, better offensive numbers than pretty much every other city that the team's playing because of the air, and they try to address it with the humidor, etc., but th- that's why the international golf tournament used to be a stable for a system. The balls fly further. It's, you, you can't do anything to change it. You're going to be a longer driver uh, when you're playing golf in Colorado, than if you're playing golf in Missouri, that's just the way it's going to be. So, yeah, I think Nolan was pigeonholed, and I think falsely, and I think a lot of the guys there are, are well. I'm not sure he can take that outside of Colorado and have the success. Nolan Arenado is a, a damn good baseball player. You know, he's one of the best baseball players. Um, you know that we have, and you don't win gold and platinum gloves every year because the air is thinner in Colorado. You do it because you're the best third baseman in all of baseball, no matter if you're playing on cement, sand, grass, major league fields. So uh, the idea that it translated, it makes, you know, that was always going to be the case for me. And he's, he's just, he's the guy you want on your team. Like he's a teammate. He's a ball player. He's, He's just rock solid. I never would worry about. You know, I wouldn't worry about Charlie Blackman leaving Colorado and thinking this won't work in New York. Like th- there are, there are good baseball players. He's one of them.
0: Carl Co- Corey Kluber threw the sixth no hitter last night. this season in Major League Baseball. All these no hitters, good or bad for baseball?
10: Um. Good in the moment. I uh, had this conversation with Buster only. Uh, bad if it continues this way because the novelty of it all wears off. You know, we have the PGA championship going on right now. If all of a sudden there were 16 holes in one on day one, uh, you know what? Tomorrow, uh, we wouldn't care if there was a 17th. Like we've seen them all. So, look, last night, if you guys look at it, I'm sure you have, there were eight teams, eight of the 30, who had four hits or fewer. Eight of them. That's a quarter of the team's. Half of those had four hits or fewer. You realize the Yankees threw a no-hitter and had four hits in the game. That's a problem. Let, let's just say the Rangers had a single in the third inning. You just sat there for two and a half hours and saw a total of five hits. That's a big problem. So, overall, it's a problem. If you happen to have a ticket to a no-hitter, it's kind of cool. It kind of stinks if you're the Rangers and you have a ticket and your team's getting no hit. But there's there's going to be too many of them, and that's obviously a much bigger topic than the ability of Corey Kluber to throw a no-hitter.
6: And if you're a Ranger fan and a season ticket holder, you've seen your team no-hit twice, by the way, at With home. Yeah.
10: hey, let's get a ticket and go see a no-no by our team, by
6: the way. <laughs> exactly. That's you know, the thing is, Carl, is that guys now are paid to hit home runs. So – you know, the guys that are going to grind through at bats and do the various things that we've seen for so many years are just not in lineups. You might have a few here and there. We got Tommy Edmond here in town. He would be the guy that I, if you're going to try to break up a no hitter, Tommy Edmond's the guy I'm going with. He'd be right. one of them. Um, there's others. But my point being, they're paid to hit home runs. And unless the philosophy changes in baseball, this may be the trend. Would you agree with that?
10: To a degree. Uh, you know, I look at DJ LeMay. You got paid a lot of money. He, he's not, he's not Aaron judge or Giancarlo Stanton or Ronald Acuna. And I, and I think the people who should be getting paid like Acuna uh, are the ones that can actually do more than just hit home runs. Mookie Betts, you know, gets a huge deal. It's not because Mookie Betts is identified as a home run hitter. So, I think that the logic of you have to be able to hit home runs to make a lot of money and have job security. Um, I don't think that's the I don't think that's the wisest path to follow. I, I understand that that's the narrative that's currently out there, but if you really think about it, the players that are the most well-rounded are the ones that are that should uh, get paid and are the most valuable. Nolan Arenado. The first thing I think about with Nolan Arenado is not home run hitter in spite of hitting homers in four straight games. It's just not. Now, because he's so talented, he he may adjust his swing a little bit to elevate the ball a little bit more so that more of them go over the wall. But Nolan Arenado should get paid because he hits homers, but he also hits. He is an unbelievable fielder. He's a smart base runner, and he's a hell of a teammate. So – I, I think if we if we categorize the only guys that get paid are home run hitters, I, I don't think that's true. In fact, I think the numbers will bear it out. But I do understand this concept that seems to be out there that in order to get paid, you got to hit homers. How many times have you listened to Mike Schilt or any other manager in baseball sit there and say, hey, we put the ball in play. We forced the defense to make a play. That's how we were able to score some runs. We actually moved a runner from second base to third base with nobody out. I mean, the, the, number of, the number of guys that get on second base with no outs and ended up standing on second base with three outs has, has grown dramatically. In fact, in the last 10 years, I think the number somewhere in the 52 to 55% leadoff double ends up on second when the inning is over. Wow. That's a disaster. That's terrible. And you've got to be able to put the ball in play. So, sure, I understand, and this goes back to the chicks dig the long ball thing and the home run derby is wildly popular, but it's not a way to me to build to build a sustainable team that's going to win World Series. And you can look at the Yankees as a great, as a team that can hit homers with the best of them, and they haven't won a series since nine.
4: The Cardinals and Cubs will wrap up their three-game series Sunday night at the ballpark just after 6, and, of course, it all starts on ESPN with baseball tonight. Carl Ravitch, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and have a great day and a great weekend. You too, and have a great season. We'll do it again. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. That is Carl Ravitch, ESPN on 101 ESPN. Next up, a win for the Cardinals, a loss for the Blues, and it was not pretty in Denver. That's next on 101 ESPN.
2: We are right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: 817, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. With Michelle Smallman and Dan McLaughlin, I'm Randy Carricker. It's great to have you with us. And a lot going on last night. The Cardinals, before this homestand started, I said I would be disappointed if the Cardinals didn't go four and one against the Pirates and the Cubs. And they're halfway home in terms of victories because last night they were able to knock off the Buccos eight to five and sweep the two-game series. And how about Tommy Ebman? Two for three with a couple of runs scored and three runs driven in.
10: Yeah, no, it's been great. I, I was struggling a little bit before uh, this past series against the Pirates and kind of just slowed everything down yesterday. And it, it paid off the last couple of days. And hopefully I can keep this momentum going and, and uh, keep the offense
4: clicking. He swings the bat and he's a legitimate table setter for Carlson, Goldie, and Arenado. Totally. And he plays every game. Yep, mm-hmm. And you can put him in right field.
6: You know, I, I look at Nolan Arnato to me as the team MVP. He might be the MVP of the National League. Uh-huh. And Paul Goldschmidt, before it's all said and done, is going to put up his numbers. He's going to wind up with 25 and drive in 80 to 100 and play gold glove defense. But where would this team be without Tommy Edmund? I mean, honestly, if, if he wasn't around and able to step in and play in the outfield when they needed him with guys hurt... And in, term, in terms of what you're talking about, Randy, being a table setter, this team would not be where they're at. He has been a vital piece to the puzzle. And I I really felt it last night, guys, more so than any other game. And I talk about it a lot. Last year, you were trying to roll the lineup over to get the Paul Goldschmidt so that the other team could probably pitch around him. And mm-hmm. he, he might get one pitch to hit and it bad. Now you look forward to, and it's unrelenting, the offense where you got Edmund Carlson, Goldie, Arenado. And usually they spot in a guy that is number five that's swinging the bat fairly well. Not all the time. I know DeYoung's had his issues. O'Neill at times has his issues. Yachty, it took a while. Finally got a hit last night. Uh, everybody in the lineup got on base. But what I'm trying to say, generally speaking, is that one through four is awfully good. And Tommy Edmund is the table setter, and he is the, sta- uh, the straw that stirs the drink.
0: The straw that stirs the drink. I love that. And I also appreciate Dylan Carlson and the growth we've no seen doubt. out of him since he's been moved up to that that number two spot.
6: They're now he-
4: 17 and eight with him in the two spot. Wow. So
0: He's been great.
4: Yep. And uh, the Cardinals will finish their series against Chicago will come in here on Monday morning and the Cardinals will be in first place all of a sudden the lead is three and a half over the Cubs in the National League Central four over Milwaukee five over the red seven and a half over Pittsburgh and if you can do what you need to do against Chicago this weekend and that to me is winning two out of three at least you can put some distance between yourself and the rest of the division, and every time you do that, it's going to work to your advantage. Heck, Dan, we remember 1987 when it was nine and a half at the All-Star break, and the Cardinals had to go down to the wire to beat the Mets. That's right. And this weekend, I'm
6: really looking forward to Miles uh, Michaelis coming back. Mm-hmm. Me too. By all accounts and reports and people I talked to last night at the ballpark before the game, they said he looked really good, like it was back to being Miles Michaelis. And if he can come in and do that. And eventually, now they do have 17 games in 17 days coming up. So they're, they're going to implore another starter. So use a six-man. But um, you're going to get Carlos Martinez back tomorrow night. You get Michaelis back on Saturday. You get Wayno with extra rest on Sunday. And eventually, probably John Gant goes to your bullpen. I love him in the bullpen. It's been one of the curious seasons maybe we've ever seen from a starter with all the walks, but yet an ERA that's like one and a half. So he's done a really good job, but, you know, he would be your spot starter or maybe even move to the bullpen. We'll see how they want to play it.
0: Speaking of looking forward to, to Tom Edmond, it just reminded me I look forward to Alex Reyes getting the ball oh every single mm-hmm. time that he goes out there. He gets his 13th save last night, as many opportunities. And it, he's so reliable, which is amazing to say because based on the history that he's had. So many people thought that he would never be somebody that you could rely on based on the injuries. But he's been so great for the Cardinals this season. His
6: curveball last night is the best I've seen it in years. I mean, I'd seen glimpses of it in spring training where you we literally kind of, whoa, like you, <laughs> you catch your breath a little bit. Last night, it was consistent and he was unhittable. The only time they get on base against him is if he walks somebody, yeah. Yeah. literally. That's it. So reliable and being healthy, little unreliable with the walks. He's had the most walks I think of any reliever going into play two nights ago. I'm not sure if that's still the case, but he's yeah, among 20, the 20 walks. Yeah, among the league leaders. And also strikeouts, by the way. But he,
4: he gets out of it. Yeah. I mean you get to Alex Reyes game over. He's been great. And only Mark Melanson of the Padres has more saves. Mel Melanson has fifteen and Reyes has thirteen. It was not a good night for your St. Louis Blues. They fell behind in their first round Stanley Cup last series against Colorado, losing 6-3. to Colorado grabbing a 3-0 lead before the Blues scored a pair, one in the second by Blay, one in the third by Shen to make it 3-2. Nathan McKinnon scored his second of the night to make it 4-2. Blues got within one with Mike Hoffman's goal at fifteen forty of the third. but them Brandon sod with an empty netter Nathan McKinnon with an empty netter to make it 5 3 and then 6 3 coach Craig Ruby can you take any positives out of this
1: yeah for sure uh, I think I thought that we were better we we're the better team um, you know they scored two even strength goals tonight you know we got to we got to kill them power plays like there's those are there those are um, defendable And, you know, the fourth goal is to, you know, that's a shot from the blue line, a wrist shot. You know, we got to block that. We got to do a better job there. We got to go home and win a game. That's the way we're we're looking at it.
6: How about traffic in front? You got to clean that up, too.
4: And there's been nothing. Oh, you for that? For for Colorado? On both sides. The, The Blues don't get it, and they allow a lot of it. Yes. And that just didn't happen two years ago. It was the complete opposite two years ago. That's what I'm seeing. The traffic in
6: front of Bennington where it becomes very, very tough, and then creating traffic. It, it, just mucking it up, and
4: they haven't been able to do that with the speed and the skill of the uh, Avalanche. Playoff time, they talk about two things, getting your skates into that blue paint and taking away the goalie's eyes, and... The big guys, Landis Landeskog, particularly for Colorado, have been been doing a great job of getting in front of Jordan Bennington. Meanwhile, some goon tactics by Nazem Kadri and Tyson Jost of the Avalanche last night. Braden Shen of the Blues. You see a couple of defensemen get knocked out of the game: Robert Bortuzzo by Jost, and then Justin Falk by
1: Kadri. What do you think? It's a, uh, you know greasy elbow by uh, Josty there um, you know uh, you know I, I understand he's going into the battle but you gotta uh, uh, know how to control your elbows and, and not get it up into the D-man's face one guy's six foot four and one guy's six feet and um, you know it's it's pretty uh, pretty gross elbow and stuff to lose a guy like Bobbo and then you um, you know, a guy like Kadri, a guy can't control himself. Um, You know, in the playoffs, he's a repeat offender, uh, bad hits, greasy hits. And, and uh, he's got a guy in a vulnerable position and picks nothing but the head. So, um, you know, uh you know, last time we seen one of those hits it was uh Oscar Sankwist getting hit by Wilson and that was years ago so uh, in, in our in, in the blues hockey anyway. So you know hopefully league takes care of it. And uh we need to uh uh you know now focus on uh games three and four and, and uh the league will take care of uh those guys uh hits. Yeah two greasy greasies. elbow by
6: Josty Two greasies and a babo. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. josty
0: yeah. greasy elbow. Yeah. Well what do you think? You think there's suspensions?
4: Absolutely. Based based on recent history, though, with Wilson only getting a $5,000 fine, I I bet they don't. I'll bet they just fine him. I will leave that. I think there's no question
6: he gets suspended. Two games minimum. Well, I don't think we see him play in St.
4: Louis. That's what it calls for. Absolutely. That's what the league should do. But the league is pretty inconsistent in doling out punishment for events like this. It's, it's really a shame.
0: I, I get where you're coming from based on the most recent incident with Wilson, but I'm rewatching this right now. I don't know how you watch the replay of exactly. this and you don't suspend him.
6: Two games minimum. Two games minimum, Randall. Well, the guy is...
4: Uh, it could, because the other part of it is his history. Right. Yes. But that's the thing. He and Wilson both try to hurt guys. They, they both have long... Wilson's been suspended seven times. And what? Kadri's been suspended five. Kadri was suspended in 2019, too. So
6: it's a yeah. repeat offender that has to be taken into account. And as Michelle said, the video is, uh, it's playing his day, what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's got to be suspended at least minimum
4: two games. Yeah. It's, he, what should happen is different than what I think will happen, because I don't think the league has a clue about what they're doing. Here's the bottom
6: line. You have to win tomorrow night yeah. or it's yeah. over. So. I don't care if he's on the ice or not. Got to win. Force uh, at least another game. And, and if you can even it up 2-2, two, two, then you got a series. Best of three. But from what I've seen from the Avalanche guys, they are so good. They are so fast. And they are skilled. They look like champions to me. They They, they look awesome.
4: So yeah. we'll see. And by the way, I wish NHL players used to be that you would exact your revenge. You'd get an eye for an eye. Mm-hmm. And... I know it's the playoffs, and I know you don't want to go into the box, especially against a team that you can't stop their power play. Yeah. But this is not something that Kadri did that just calls for him to get pushed and shoved in the next game. This is something that calls for him to get hurt and knocked out.
0: I understand that, and I understand the players wanting to go out there and defend their teammate, but to your point, it seems like a punishment for them, too, if yeah. you get in the box. That's
4: the thing. You, What you have to do is take him with you. You, ha- yeah. you have to have him start it next time you see him. In I, I like off. this. Take it or leave it from the
6: five-seven-three, 3 Would you rather see the Blues handle it rather than the league suspend him? I'd like to see both. Yeah, me So too. give me the two-game suspension and then yeah. in uh, game five take his head off. And the, the problem is, <laughs> yes. who on the Blues do you have that's going to do it? You don't have that guy in hockey anymore. You can find somebody. I hope so. Get in a neutral zone, head down. Hell, you and I could do it. Yeah. Lower the shoulder. We need Jeff Cordell right now. Jeff had a little bit of that nasty edge to yeah, him. he did. I Jer- loved it. Jeremy
4: Roenick remembers. Well, the, the Kings, Kings remember, too. Remembers, the yeah. Kings remember, too. The Kings, yeah. Won them a game <laughs> when yeah. he did it. Yeah. So a win by the Cardinals who have the day off, a loss by the Blues who have the day off. And uh, let's see. Tonight, you've got the Pacers and Wizards here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Pacers winning two nights ago, Wizards losing two nights ago. So at 6.30 tonight, you've got an NBA, essentially a play-in game. The winner of that game will play in the playoffs, and that'll be tonight on 101 ESPN. That is today's Fresh Take coming up. John won the fight yesterday 3-2, killing me on the WNBA question. <laughs> we get got the fight coming your way next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the
2: character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Carriker and Smallman with Danny Mack here on 101 ESPN. It's 836, so it's time for the fight. We welcome John in again. John beat Randy yesterday. Randy's still upset that there was a WNBA question in the fight. And, John, I just want you to know that Randy, before he stepped out, was regaling Emily, Dan, and I with his WNBA knowledge. She was naming all the teams, all the star players. He's taking this loss very hard, so I just wanted to give you the heads up on that.
1: Oh, sounds like I'm in trouble.
6: John, he was – got to tell you, I, I've never seen Randy get uh, visibly upset over a loss. I mean, I, I, you see disappointment, so I guess it is visibly upset. But I mean to the point of, like, head in the trash can, upset stomach kind of thing. So you better be ready. He's fired up today. He is fired up. Well, good luck to you, All John, right. and congratulations on a big win
1: yesterday. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate
0: it. All right, John. Happy 25th birthday to Cardinals right-hander Seth Elledge. Elledge was traded to St. Louis from the Mariners in 2018 in exchange for which player? Was it Josh Lucas, Marco Gonzalez, or Sam Tui-Vailala?
1: Marco Gonzalez.
6: Uh, Yankee Corey Kluber threw the sixth no-hitter of the Major League season last night. Did you see that, John? Uh, Yes, sir. Good. Who threw the uh, last Yankees no-hitter? Was it David Wells? David Cohn or Jim Abbott?
1: Um, uh, is a, am I allowed to ask? Is the perfect game count? Because I believe David Cohn threw a perfect game.
6: Okay, so you're going with David Cohn. Yeah. All right.
0: All right, John. Last night, Capitals captain Alex Ovechkin became the sixth player, sixth player in NHL history to score a combined 800 goals in the regular season and playoffs. Who has the most career goals, including in the playoffs, all time? Is it Brett Hull? Is it Gordy Howe or is it Wayne Gretzky?
1: Uh, I guess I got to go with the great one. I'll go Wayne Gretzky.
6: Jack Flaherty improved to 8-0 last night, becoming the first Cardinal to do so since which Cardinal starter? Matt Morris, Bob Gibson, or Dizzy Dean?
1: That would be Bob Gibson.
0: All right. Checking our score. Randy is waiting by the door to come in. He's got his game face on today, John. He's stoic.
6: He's
4: fired up. All right.
0: You look like Corey Kluber out there. He does. He's Kluber-esque today. Randy, you know John. He beat you yesterday.
4: John, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Randy. How are you? Good. Name me five WNBA teams.
1: <laughs> uh, sparks. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to keep going with that. Okay. I'm probably going to burn myself if okay. I get
4: spiked. Yeah, more. I know. <laughs> I, I was
6: the same way. I think you're <laughs> fine, John. I had to okay. inform Randy of those WNBA teams. But let's uh, – we digress and let's get into is the fight. is it the
4: Chicago Fire – no, Chicago Sky? Question sky. one.
0: Sky.
6: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Sky.
4: Yeah.
0: Fire is their soccer team, right? Yeah, yeah. That's
4: right. Was well, their USFL team, too, I think.
0: Oh. Right and, and a drama, I believe, on NBC.
4: Yeah, you're right. <laughs>
0: Very nice. <laughs> anyway, Randy, yes. happy 25th birthday to Cardinals right-hander Seth Elledge. Mm-hmm. Elledge was traded to St. Louis from the Mariners in 2018 in exchange for which player?
4: 2018, Ellage to the Cardinals. It must have been, I guess, <laughs> the Mike Leek trade. Okay. Yankee Corey Kluber
6: threw the sixth no-hitter of uh, Major League season last night, Randall. Mm-hmm. We talked about it, as you well know, on we the, this show. Mm-hmm. Who threw the last Yankees no-hitter? Uh,
4: that would have been former Yankee David Cohn back in 1999.
0: Last night, Capitals captain Alex Ovechkin became the sixth player in NHL history to score a combined 800 goals in the regular season and playoffs. Mm-hmm. Who has the most career goals, including in the playoffs, all time?
4: I think that that might be the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Jack Flaherty improved to 8-0 last night. Mm-hmm.
6: First Cardinal to do so since, since which Cardinal starter?
4: 8 and. Oh, you were actually talking about this during the broadcast. Were you paying attention? I was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because Gibby had gone. He'd won eight of nine. Uh, and who was the last eight and oh? I think it was Gibby. So is that your answer? I'll go with Gibby, yeah. Are you sure about that? No. I'll, to, I'll do the lifeline then, Dan. No, I mean,
6: if you want to go with yeah, Gibby, I that's fine. That I
4: have a lifeline left. I might as well use
6: it. Matt Morris, Bob Gibson, or Dizzy Dean? I'll go with Bob Gibson, Dan. Okay.
0: All right. We have a tie Ooh. between my goodness, John, the defending champion, and Randy.
6: Defending champion, defending John. Defending
0: champion, John, is how we are describing him. Mm-hmm. All right, John, here's how this is going to work. I am going to read the tiebreaker question. Randy's going to write his answer down as I'm reading it. You're going to get first crack at it. We're going to give you about 10 seconds to answer. First person with the correct answer or closest to the pin wins, Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Our tiebreaker question is this How many goals did Jamie Rivers score in his NHL career? How many goals? 17. Oh, what was that, John?
4: Uh, 17.
0: Okay. Randy. I'll
4: go 26.
0: Emily, ring the bell.
2: The winner and still champion of the fight, Average Joe Listener. The fight sponsored by Ryan Kelly and Heroloan.com. Check out how they help veterans and service members at the new and improved
6: Heroloan.com. My... Goodness.
0: Oh, John, you got a, my goodness out of Danny Mac. I love it. <laughs> All right. Con- congratulations, John. You win again. You move on to face Randy yet again tomorrow. Let's when re- do you go
6: into the Hall of Fame? If you win three times? Uh-huh. Three,
0: three times. You go into the 101 ESPN Hall of Fame. So, John has a shot cool. at wow. it tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, no there's problem. a lot
4: of them, too. If you go to the website, there's a Hall of Fame page there.
6: Well,
1: right. right. Isn't there three?
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, it a-
4: is three, John.
6: Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> stay, stay in the right. moment.
0: Um, so Seth Elledge was traded to the Cardinals from the Mariners in 2018 in exchange for Sam Toey Come oh, on, Randy.
6: Tui. Yeah, Tui got hurt in spring, and I think he's still a free agent. Uh, Yankee Corey Kluber threw the sixth no-hitter of the Major League season last night. Who threw the last Yankees no-hitter mm-hmm. was David Cohn back in 1999. He did it against the Montreal Expos.
0: Wayne Gretzky has the most career goals, including in the playoffs all-time, 1,016.
6: <laughs> That's so stupid, isn't it? Unreal. <laughs> it's, it's just dumb. ridiculous. Uh, Jack Flaherty improved to 8-0 last night. First Cardinals since Bob Gibson in 1965. I wasn't trying to talk you out yes, of it, No, I wasn't. <laughs>
0: Our tiebreaker question was this. How many goals did Jamie Rivers score in his NHL career? And it seems like John knows our teammates better than we do. Wow. Because he That's got shot it at you, right on the nose with 17.
4: 17. Mm-hmm. He got Big it. Time.
0: So great job, John. We're going to talk to you tomorrow.
4: All right. Thank you guys very much. Good job, John. John, going for it tomorrow. And when you go for the Hall of Fame, you don't get clues. So that'll be fun.
6: Do you get a carrot cake if you win? Do you no, show up at his house you like
4: you've done for others?
6: No, that was instagram followers all right well just i'm throwing a little extra
4: into it
0: you can follow randy at rj carricker maybe he'll give another carrot cake away
4: coming up we're going to talk about the blues and whether or not they can come back against the avalanche jeremy rutherford from the athletic our blues insider joins us next on 101 espn we are right
2: back to the carricker and smallman podcast on 101 espn (laughs) time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here
7: we go.
4: Your St. Louis Blues down 2 nothing in their first round series against Colorado following a 6-3 loss last night. Michelle, Dan, Randy, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. And our Blues insider from The Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford, is standing by. Jr. good morning. How are you doing? Real good. Real good, guys well, you're doing better than the Blues then, and (laughs) it just looks like the Blues and the Avalanche at this point through two games are just playing on different levels.
9: Yeah, it's definitely the case. I mean, early on before the series, I wrote a piece, here's how the Blues can uh, beat the Avalanche and pointed out uh, five things. I think after the first game you say, hey, look, their speed's killing, but here's where the Blues are making mistakes, and if they could just avoid these mistakes, they could be okay. But I think it – At some point, it's not that we didn't know it before, but at some point you have to realize they're just 10 notches above you in terms of everything they do. And I think when they come out and start to lay it on you pretty thick, you you start to doubt yourself. You start to make plays that aren't characteristic and and lead to uh, goals in the back of the net. So what I'm watching right now is just, like you said earlier, a a champion team, a a Stanley Cup team that is just doing what it takes to get the job done, and the Blues are just kind of reacting.
0: J.R., what's the latest on David Perron?
9: So we asked uh, yesterday, and he's still in protocol, uh, so he obviously wasn't part of that group that was part of the false uh, positives. I know there was some hope there, but uh, David Perron's case was obviously several days earlier, uh, so it wasn't part of that uh, batch of tests that came from the lab and were inaccurate. So he's got to go through the protocol, and uh, as the literature says, it's uh, 10 days, and then he needs to go through some cardiac uh, testing, and then also he'll have to be evaluated by the blues doctors now that's what i'm going by by the book if if somehow some way we never know because look what happened yesterday there's something that that makes this case different then perhaps you could see david pran in a series but i don't anticipate
6: that okay so what did you think of uh the hit last night and do you think a suspension is coming forward
9: yeah, definitely. And you got the two different situations. The Tyson Jose hit on Robert Bortuzzo might be something there. He gets the elbow to the face. The uh, officials missed it. Bortuzzo leaves the game. I'm sure they'll look at the tape there. But Cadre definitely five uh, suspensions, including the 2019 playoffs, guys, and just a nasty hit. Like I mean, you're on social media. You saw Jared Bender, the coach for Colorado, come out and say that, yeah, the league's definitely going to be looking at that. And Even the Colorado fans, guys, that I saw last night were saying just an ugly hit. So, you know, I think that uh, he's going to get an in-person hearing, which in-person today we know to be uh, Zoom. Uh, But what that says is you're looking at uh, five games potentially for uh, Kadri for that hit on Falk.
4: JR, it used to be that the Blues had trouble in the second period. Now they're having trouble in the first period. They just cannot get their game going quickly. Obviously, there's got to be a way to solve it, but what do you think happens in the first period? Do you think it's more Colorado than the Blues? Yeah, I do.
9: I really think it's, it's Colorado, and, and that's not to say that uh, you know, the Blues aren't to blame, but I think it's a team that's waiting all day for the puck to drop because they know they're the better team, and they know they could be a few weeks away, a few months away from a Stanley Cup. And, and I think they're coming ready to play. And so, you know, occasionally you'll see a team get outshot by a heavy margin, you know, 15-5. But when you have uh, what we've seen in, in games uh, one and two, what is it, 17-5 and, and uh, 19-6, it's, it's just uh, insane that uh, Colorado is able to come out and, and, and just make their mark that early. So, um, you know, Braden Shen said last night, we're just not ready. I mean, how many times have we heard that this year? How do you not be ready for a playoff game? That's not... Directed at Braden, it's directed at the team. Uh, but I think this is just a hungry championship team on the other side.
0: Jared Nathan McKinnon hat trick last night. He has five goals and two assists so far in the series. How do the Blues stop him? Can they stop him?
9: You can't. Uh, I think that uh, you know you look at this Blues roster and you have Ryan O'Reilly, who's a Conn Smythe guy, a Selkie guy, one of the best defensive forwards I've ever seen play. And he's got some pretty good line mates trying to help him, and you just can't stop him. That line is just too formidable. And so, uh, when you get Rantanen and Landeskog going too, I mean, look at that play thirty seconds into the game. Talk about being ready to play. Landeskog just lays out Ryan O'Reilly, and if you look, uh, Marco Scandella is on the side of the net. He's kind of looking back just to see if O'Reilly's okay. You guys were talking about lack of net front presence earlier. They don't have anybody in front of the net, and Marco's checking on O'Reilly while the play's going on and the puck's in the back of the net. So to me, right now, you know, everybody talks about playoff Nate, and that's what it is right now with Nate
6: McKinnon. All right, I'm I'm a Blues fan listening this morning. It's a little doom and gloom. So tell me how the Blues get back in this series.
9: Well, it's it's going to be a situation where you're going to have to settle down. You're going to have to regain your composure. You're going to have to realize that uh, it is going to be tough to, to beat a team like this four out of five games, and you just got to play tomorrow night's game. And, you know, I know that's cliche, but that's what Craig Bruby is going to tell him. They had success with that in the past, Danny. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it's going to come down to executing when you have the chances. How many times in this series have we seen, you know, game one, uh has got a goal on his stick misses uh you know so many situations where they they have chances to put themselves in a good position and don't the other thing and I'll just be honest here uh you know try, uh Colorado's the better team for sure and I don't usually typically uh, comment on the officiating because it goes back and forth, but I think you saw situations last night where it really affected the Blues. You had the uh, the no call on the pick, and then you get the hook on Barbashev, and, and now they've got a power play goal and, and a 3 nothing lead. So, you know, you hate to go into a game and say yeah, if the officiating is a little more even, but I do think that there have been some turning points in the first couple games last night, especially that really hurt the Blues.
4: Jr. one thing for fans that were paying attention a couple of years ago and that have watched the last two games, one thing that is abundantly clear is that the Blues really miss an element like Alexander Steen, an element like Oscar Sundquist, an element like Jay Bomeister. And those are three players that for, the, for that particular uh, 2019 team, they were irreplaceable. But the Blues have to find a way to get those elements back. Obviously Sundquist will, but they, they need to find guys that can do what those guys did, especially come this time of year.
9: Yeah, you'll get Sunquist back, and and you don't find those guys easy. Look, Alex Steen was 15 years in the making, the experience that he gained, you know, uh, building his way up through the league. And and so they definitely need players like that. But look at Alexander Steen, even in that 2019 year, he's on the fourth line. He's playing kind of a complementary role. He's really helping most in the leadership department. You know, I, I think you're right, Randy. They do need players like that, but they need their top guys uh, to, to play well. I mean, you, you can't go into a series against Colorado expecting, you know, Jordan Cairo and, and Sammy Blay to do the scoring. It, it's got to be the Terasinko's Tarasenko no shots on goal last night. No shots on goal. I, I, I don't know how that happens. And, and so uh, when you start to get performances from some of those top guys, if they want to show up and play, you know, then you might have a series. Like, you can defend all you want. You can show the emotional, drop the gloves. Let's, you can show all that stuff. But if you don't get out there and produce to a percentage of the level that Nate McKinnon and Landeskog and these guys are, you have no chance.
4: There's no doubt about that. And my point is more along the lines of your fourth line these days in the NHL has to be able to play against their top line defensively. And I don't think the Blues' fourth line can – they have enough trouble matching up with the other team's fourth line, let alone uh, the McKinnon-Landeskog-Rantanen line.
9: Yeah, 100%, and that's why that team, you know, you can talk about all the
4: positives, pluses of that 2019 team,
9: but when you can put your fourth line against one of the other team's top lines, that frees up one of your top lines. It means that maybe you got O'Reilly going against McKinnon, but maybe it means that second line, doesn't have a very tough matchup because you're able to put your fourth line against him and the blues just can't do that
6: so where are tarasenko and robert thomas you know i know thomas didn't have a great year tarasenko were kind of waiting what do you, what have you thought of them in the first two games
9: yeah, two separate situations. That's a good question, but two separate situations. Tarasenko, he's, he's a veteran. He knows what it takes. Uh, you, you can talk about the shoulder surgeries. You can talk about the limited games this year, but he's he's not skating. He's not engaged. He looked okay for a couple minutes uh, you know, the first game, but nothing last night. Uh, Robert Thomas, to me, yeah, I still think he's going to be a good player. I think he's got a lot of learning to do, uh, but you just don't notice him. So those are two of
4: several players who, who you really don't
9: notice in the series right now, Dan.
4: J.R., Great stuff as always, and we'll be reading your work at The Athletic, following you on Twitter at J.P. Rutherford. Thanks so much for the time, and we will talk to you soon. Yep, thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you later. That is Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic on 101 ESPN. You asked me last week,
6: uh, Michelle was out, and we were talking about the Game 1 or whatever it was going into Monday night, and, and I mentioned those two guys, Tarasenko and Thomas, somebody that you're maybe not expecting that you know has it in them has to play to their level of, I don't know if it's being elite, but very good. Mm -hmm. Like you got to be really good because the
4: Avalanche are so good, and they've kind of been non-existent. I'm like JR. I believe that Robert Thomas has an upside. I do too. I also believe that we have experienced Vladimir Tarasenko's upside. Maybe so. Uh, My guess is that we've seen the best that he's going to have to offer as an NHL player.
0: The upside has passed us by.
4: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Coming up, the Cardinals winners last night over the Pirates and now they have the Cubs in town and what would success be against Chicago this weekend? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the
4: Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. It's 904 in St. Louis. Hey, you want to go to the Cards-Cubs game? On Sunday, you can. I do. You'll be there.
0: I'll be there. Yes.
4: You are going.
0: My first game of the season. Can't wait.
4: It's going to be awesome, Randall. You'll great. be. Uh, you've been down there, right? Uh, yes, several times. Good to see the Cardinals. Well, there will be more fans in the stands this weekend, and maybe you will be one of the fans in the stands. Cards and Cubs, a pair of tickets to the Cubs and Cards game this Sunday at Bush. And new ticket locations have just been added for Friday through Sunday with the Cubs coming to town. Tickets starting at just $20.00. At each game, 10,000 fans entering with a ticket will take home an adult replica embroidered jersey courtesy of Scott Credit Union. You can get all the Cardinals uh, details on tickets and upcoming giveaways at cardinals.com slash promotions. And we have the opportunity during this hour for you to win tickets for Sunday's Cards Cubs game, Sunday Night Baseball.
0: We are going to reveal a code word. You have to text that code word in to 65780. Emily is going to select a winner. And if you're selected, you have to bring the heat. We're going to call you up. You have to come on the show, and you have to give us a dad joke. It's important. (laughs) A good dad joke.
4: And at some point during the hour, we're going to give you the code word so you can text it in to 65780.
0: Can I give you a dad joke that I got from my dad? Sure. Do you know why the lifeguard didn't save the hippie? Why? He was too far out, man. (laughs) My dad yesterday said, Give this one to Randy, he'll like it.
4: Dan didn't even smile. Didn't no. even crack a smile, let alone laugh.
0: He's <laughs> he's tough. Dan's tough with the dad jokes. He's tough to terrible. get him to crack.
4: <laughs> Too far, they are, up, they're man. terrible. <laughs> awesome.
6: Not really.
0: Have Just you a- have you ever met a dad joke that you liked?
6: Not really. Unless it came from a six year old. <laughs> then I find it adorable. <laughs> Needs to come from someone. I don't
4: know. Pre-puberty. A youth. Yeah. What do you call a guy with no arms and no legs that's in some leaves? All right, that's enough. Russell. Randy. What do you call a guy with no arms and no legs that's hanging on a wall? That's just a
6: dumb joke. Art. Art. I'm done with this. (laughs) Let's see. You're killing me smalls is next. That'll we do be have, at nine fifteen. Darren Pang is coming up at nine thirty. Yeah, looking we're looking forward, forward to that. To yes. See what his breakdown was last night. Yeah.
4: So uh do you have something else? Yeah, what do you call a guy with no arms and no legs that is uh in a hole? Doug. <laughs> Doug. Uh so anyway, the Cardinals win last night, eight to five over the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're 2-0 so far on the home stand, And now, Mike Schilt and his team are going to welcome even more fans into the ballpark for the weekend series against the Cubs. I love it. You know, I mean, we love to play every night regardless of our opponent, but we're excited about a Friday night game um, with more capacity to our stands, and, and we're going to uh, enjoy the competition. And now we have to savor the fact that the Cubs are coming to town because we did not see the Cubs, as Dan has mentioned, did not see the Cubs in St. Louis, even on TV last year. Can't believe that. It's amazing. Yeah. We'll look back on that and that'll be
6: one of the oddities of, of so many of the baseball season pertaining to 2020 60 game regular season. And the fact that I think it was nine games played between the two teams
4: and all were at Wrigley Field. Not Bye. one in St. Louis, not one. And the Cardinals now with a three-and-a-half game lead in the division. So they will end the series in first place. We'll come in here on Monday morning, and the Cardinals will still be in first place. And you can never go wrong putting more distance between yourself and the teams in your division. And if the Cardinals can take at least two out of three, and preferably three out of three, then they could have a pretty substantial lead over the Cubbies at the end of the weekend. And you got then the White Sox, mm-hmm. and I believe you go to
6: Arizona and Los Angeles. So the Cardinals will see Tony La Russa for the first time as a White Sox manager in person next week. And then you head out West, some late night games coming up. But, um, I, I think Carl Ravitch hit it on the head. It's really interesting what the Cubs are going to do. It, you know, they, they said goodbye to you, Darvish. He was second in the Cy Young vote last year. And this is, uh, what I'm interested in this weekend. And I have not seen the probables for the Cubs, even looked at it about five minutes ago, did not see who was going to start for them. But, um, they're they're not a, a pitching staff that throws hard now Kyle oh. Hendricks I believe is lined up in one of the games this weekend and I he's think been... Davies is going I think Alzelay yeah Hendricks and Davies so Hendricks is the guy that's given the Cardinals all kinds of fits but yet against the rest of the league he's not great um Cardinals soft tossing guys haven't been great so let's see what kind of adjustment they make against starting pitching that's not throwing hard
0: According to ESPN, Hendricks Friday, Alzale Saturday, Davies Sunday. There you, there you go.
6: go. Okay. Uh, by the way. And the Cardinals counter with Carlos okay. Martinez coming off the I.L. tomorrow. Michael is off the I.L. Saturday. Wainwright extra days rest on Sunday. On Sunday mm-hmm.
4: night baseball. Yeah. Perfect to have Waino. Bueno. Uh, text 65780 from the 314. What do you call Russell after two weeks? Pete.
0: <laughs> oh man! <laughs> you got any more, Randy?
4: What do you call a girl with no arms and no legs sitting on a court?
0: Oh man, these
4: Annette. <laughs> mm.
0: Do you know anyone named Annette?
4: I don't uh, believe I do. I've never Annette m- Benning.
0: Annette the- Benning. I've never met anyone named Annette
4: from the six one eight. What do you call twin brothers with no arms and no legs hanging on a wall? Curtain rod. Oh, this is terrible
0: We need to take the text line away from Randy
8: (laughs) Randy, can I read you my favorite? Yeah, go ahead From the 314, what do you call a guy who shows up late to your house with your daughter? What? An ambulance
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny I like it And there's several quality dad jokes too High quality dad jokes Dan's just not, not enjoying the dad jokes here Come on, Dan. I'm just taking it in. <laughs> okay. I'm letting it...
0: <laughs> Marinate?
4: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Everyone is sending in these dad jokes, but mm-hmm. you're going to want to listen for the keyword, and then you're going to have to present the dad joke on the air if we select you.
4: And we will do that coming up, maybe, during You're Killing Me Smalls. Maybe. I'm On 101 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.
4: Michelle Smallman, Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker. Uh, Michelle, Dan. It's your killing me, Smalls time, Randy. Yes, move from on. The 314 Where do pirates buy their hooks? Well, where? At the second-hand store.
0: Since we're getting so many dad jokes, mm-hmm. shall we give out the code word?
4: Let's do that. What is the code word for the Cards Cubs tickets?
0: If you want to win tickets to the Cardinals Cubs game this weekend, you need to text in the word in honor of the great Danny Mac. Wow. Ad- adorable. Adorable.
6: Adorable. adorable, adorable. Six
0: five seven eight zero. Oh.
6: Not Ad- adorbs,
4: but adorable.
0: That's right. No, my goodness. No, hell yes. It's adorable.
4: And if you win, we'll just email you the tickets because that's the way the Cardinals are rolling right now. So that's a good thing. Mm hmm.
0: Digital tickets.
4: Yep. Yeah, that's right. All right. It is time for.
0: You're killing me, Smalls. So here in St. Louis, Dan breathes a sigh of relief that we're moving on back to sports. So. Here in St. Louis last night, we were watching the Cardinals. We were watching the Blues. But there was a great NBA game happening, the play-in game for the NBA playoffs. It was Lakers. It was Warriors. It was LeBron. It was Steph. And I clicked over with about three minutes left, and it was an unbelievable game. I'm very bummed I didn't get to watch the entire thing. But a lot of action in the final minute of the game. So right at about a minute left, LeBron James, he drove to the basket. He takes a hard foul to the face from Draymond Green, who poked him in the eye. There was a a big spectacle after this. LeBron was getting the visine in his eye. He was covering it. A lot of people were wondering if he was going to wear a patch or something. But the game resumed, and LeBron James did what LeBron James does. He hits a clutch three. It was his longest make of the season, and according to ESPN Stats and Info, it was the longest go-ahead shot in the final three minutes of any game in his career. And the Lakers defeated the Warriors 103-100. to Off that three from LeBron.
6: I'm enjoying the playing games, by the way. I I like the idea. I hope
4: they keep
0: doing it.
6: Yeah. Um, I I think it's something that is actually, you know, LeBron can complain, and it is complaining, all he wants. But you know what? This is made for television, and if LeBron and others like having big checks in their pocket, then
4: stop complaining. Play the games. And last night, you have the Warriors losing by three. Draymond Green, 0-5 from the floor with two points. Draymond Green is one of the highest paid players in the league. He had a
6: key spot in the end, too. They called an illegal screen on him Mm -hmm. at the top of the key. Yeah, that wasn't good. Steph was great in the first half. They got to him in the second half a little bit in terms of how they changed the offense. And I was watching part of that game. But to the point of of the play-in games, and I don't know what the appetite is for NBA here in St. Louis. I'm assuming people follow the, the St. Louis kids. But I think he will follow when games are on the line you have a tendency to watch. And I I think Mm -hmm. the play-in games are a good thing for the NBA. I think it's a good thing for a sports fan, the the general sports fan.
4: And having LeBron
6: in a play-in game, all the better.
0: Or Steph in the Warriors.
6: Yeah. I I just don't like hearing guys complain about it. I don't either. Hey, (laughs) just shut up. Finish in sixth. Go play. Yeah. Go play. And you're getting paid handsomely for it. Shut up. Right. It's really, I mean, honestly, it's that simple. You don't like it, then quit. I, if you don't I'm like it, you. quit. Uh, if, it's if, a play-in game. Yeah. People like it. It's good for your sport. General fan, the, the general fan is going to pay attention like me. Yeah. and you So know go what?
4: play the game. Most teams, uh, if LeBron's, if LeBron had stayed healthy and his team had finished first or second in the west he wouldn't have said word one no about the playing games
0: absolutely not he missed 26 of the lakers final 30 games with that ankle and they would have definitely had a different seed. So, and he wouldn't have been complaining about it this no. at all. the
6: brow was out for a while too that was yeah. big yeah that so was. when you have those two guys out they're they're a different team they're not nearly as good
0: well the lakers they claim the number seven seed with the win last night they're going to face phoenix the second seed phoenix suns in the first round
4: Monty Williams, the coach of the year, did a great job, especially getting that team to commit defensively. Devin Booker. Uh, Devin Booker and getting Steve Nash over there was huge. Uh, they, they've got good young players up front. Athletically, Ayton can play with AD. I don't know if from a basketball standpoint he's ready to play with AD. but And that's defending AD. Uh, and they just don't use Ayton much offensively. They're a, Phoenix is a really talented young team. Hey they finished with the number two seed in the West, but I don't think that they can hang with a healthy Lakers team. If the Lakers are healthy, I think they come out of the West. I, I'm with you. Yep.
0: It feels like last night they might have been awoken from their slumber a little bit too. Yeah. It
4: feels
0: it, like they it, might I think be you know, that.
4: LeBron Beck will do that.
6: Yeah. yeah right. LeBron
0: Beck will do that. You for get you. those
6: two guys together, and like we said, you're an average team. Now you go to elite. Yeah. Two yes. of the best players in the world.
0: Um, Not to mention Bradley Beal and the Wizards versus the Pacers here on 101 ESPN tonight, pregame at 6.30.
6: There you go. There you go.
0: A little NBA action. Can't wait. You're killing me, Smalls. It's been speculated for three weeks, but now it's official. The Jags have signed former Heisman Trophy winner Tim Tebow to a one-year deal. He's going to play tight end for the Jags.
4: It doesn't get any better than Tim Tebow being in the NFL, kids. And the NFL has just missed the boat for the last eight years. Eight years he's been away. Yeah, he has. And has not
6: played the position of tight end. No, but We're
0: pursuing baseball, by the way. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
6: Two spots. Meandering star. in the in the minor leagues with the Mets. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you three guys, uh Well hold on now. Let me let me just yeah. throw this at you. I can tell you this in being down in Florida, when team Tim Tebow was announced to go into the lineup of a uh spring training game against the Cardinals, it sold out within hours really he is such a draw because of his college time in florida that if you're the jaguars i can understand and you're urban meyer i understand what the uh draw would be to bring him in and maybe promote your product now from the football side he can't play so now you're, you're giving reps to a guy that cannot play can't play the position there's others that are more deserving
4: and he shouldn't be on the field that's true I wonder if, and I don't know if they have one or two preseason games this year because there's only three. And you would watch if he was in there. He goes in in a third down situation. What are you going to do? You turn the TV? You're going to watch. if you're from that state and the allure isn't there with Trevor Lawrence, you say, hey, I might get a chance to see Tim Tebow play. People that went to all those Florida games where Tebow won the national championship. That's my point. They'd be able to sell a few tickets. Right. Now, uh, start one, cut one, and... bench one Gronk Kelsey Tebow
8: oh
0: well I think I'm gonna start Kelsey I'm gonna bench Gronk and I'm gonna cut Tebow oh come on
6: I'm starting Gronk Kelsey would be off my bench and Tim Tebow is not even my option at three
4: Whatever three is. Because Cut. I know Cut. that injuries happen in football and because I know that Tim Tebow is a tremendous healer, I am going to start Kelsey, I am going to bench Tebow, and I'm cutting Gronk. You is know Tim right? Tebow can put his hand on your head and heal you. It's happened before. I think I'd rather talk about dad jokes.
0: Well, I have a fun story for you.
1: You're killing me, small This is a headline
0: that caught my attention. I wanted to bring it to you guys. So airlines are considering weighing people at the gate because Americans are getting fatter and airline carriers are concerned about the weight and balance of the aircraft. They want to assure that the limits are being met.
6: This is done for safety.
0: Yes, in regards to the safety of the plane. And so they're considering weighing people at the gate.
6: Um, I saw a segment on this on the news last night. I don't know which news station I was watching and they were asking primarily women about this. Mm, and the women yeah. were very upset about it. The men that they, uh, they kind of did like a survey. Men were like, yeah, whatever. I'm happy to get on a scale, you know, bigger guy, smaller guy. didn't matter. The women though were like, uh-uh, I ain't doing it. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah.
0: I wonder if that would stop people from flying because they wouldn't want to get weighed in at the gate.
4: I would think so. Yeah.
0: I think it also could be a wake-up call for people not everybody weighs themselves every day. Oh, mm-hmm. I I judge myself on if my pants fit. That's my barometer, uh-huh. right? And I wonder how many people would step on the scale at the airport and say, what? 235? What?
4: And I wonder how many people would not be allowed on a plane.
0: Oh, that would be...
6: That'd be embarrassing. Well, really I think this bad. is more about trying to get a idea of a study yes. of what people weigh. So it wouldn't be like you're not going to get on the plane, but do we need to make seats bigger and as well... Uh, the weight of the plane you know in concerning individuals and luggage for safety reasons and that's what they're talking about
0: they said the information will be kept confidential out of view of the public so it's not like you step on a scale and there's a big a digital reading above you that says passenger character and seat 13F mm. weighs this
6: now that would be a little rough on people <laughs> that would be that would be brutal <laughs> i agree yeah, yeah. Miss Smith at 385 (laughs) is checked into row 14. That ain't going to happen.
0: Seat B. Yeah, yeah, middle seat. Middle seat.
4: By the way, if you just Google Tebow heals man, it happened in 2016, Arizona Fall League. Tebow signing autographs. This is a tweet. Fan has what looks like a seizure, not moving. Tebow puts his hand on him and says a prayer. Man breathes. Wow. And then there's video of the whole thing. It was incredible. In all seriousness, I appreciate Tim
6: Tebow uh a great deal uh for what he's done for a lot of people a Mm -hmm. lot of charities Mm -hmm. a lot of hope for a lot of people so you can mock it but i do appreciate him i do too
0: i also think it's amazing that he's been able to sustain his popularity without without being an a star in athletics for many years yeah he's been out of the nfl for over three thousand days he he wasn't he was, I guess, a star in minor league baseball just because of the crowds he would draw. But he, not... he was
6: a, a kind of a sideshow. Yes, that's the way I put that's it. That's a good
0: way to phrase it. But you would think that over time people would lose interest, and yep. it seems they like a not. lot of people have not. So the the sustainability factor impressive.
6: Very impressive. Nine three one says, as a former airline pilot. We used to, we used average weights for people. Those averages might need updating. I would agree with that." Yeah.
0: Especially post-pandemic. A lot of people, I think, mm-hmm. stuck inside. We're baking a lot of sourdough, you know?
6: <laughs> right.
4: Pandemic was tough.
0: It was yeah. been
1: tough on yeah. all of yeah. us. Yes.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. You got it.
4: Coming up, we're going to talk to Panger about what the Blues need to do to get a win in Game 3 tomorrow night. Darren Pang, coming your way on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the character
2: and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
4: Michelle Smallman, Dan McLaughlin, Randy character 101 ESPN. The Blues lose 6-3 last night. They're down 2-0 in the first-round Stanley Cup playoff series against Colorado, and Panger does join us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line.
7: Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, Randy. How's everything uh, this morning? I apologize for yesterday morning.
4: Uh, we completely understand. Were you doing something with Bruce the dog?
7: A little Cavapoo. Oh, yes, he's a little... Uh, he's probably... Almost 14 weeks now. I'm just trying to do the math on him. Yeah, a little black and white Cavapoo puppy. It's, uh, it's been great. Uh, but living in a condo and, 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 uh, and doing the, uh, the training has been a bit of a challenge, but it's been awesome. It's a good dog. In fact, when we got this little dog, Bruce, uh, the Blues went on a roll. So I, I think it was Bruce's, uh, to his credit, uh, that uh, that the Blues got going and made the playoffs. Is that is that wrong for me to even throw that out it's there? Adorable. Absolutely no, no, not.
0: It's great, but uh, it's P- really Panger, can you tell Bruce to summon whatever he had before and give it to the <laughs> Blues again right now?
7: <laughs> it's funny. Jordan Binnington and I go back and forth. You got a little Cavapoo. It's a little brown and white one and named Biggie. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think uh, well, listen, number one, that 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 team's a heck of a team we knew that going in here that this was not going to be easy i mean they've they've done this to a lot of teams all year long and uh i thought i i think though that the blues um they're just so darn resilient easily could have packed that game in last night and uh yet they didn't they lose bortuzzo they lose falk on on a nasty hit and yet they still keep plugging away they've got such great pride and um, anyway, I, I thought they were going to tie it up. To be quite honest with you, I, I thought they were going to tie it up, and it's unfortunate that that didn't happen.
6: So, what needs to happen? Number one, Panger, great to hear your voice too. Um, and also, you too, what, do you, what do you think it's going to be like to have uh, around nine thousand fans at uh, at the the rink tomorrow night?
7: I think it's going to be fantastic. I, I think these guys are going to be so charged up; um, it's going to feel like a million. Um, every, every single you know team, except for the Canadian teams you know, they're starting to experience it again, and and you can, Dan, you can feel it in the, even through the sounds of television or radio, you know, you can, I mean, so can you imagine like last night, you know, just watching, there were fans along the glass last night in Colorado. It just seems so long ago that that was happening and, and uh, pounding on the glass and, you know, the noise that it makes and maybe the little intimidation factor as well on the referees part or, you know, on the opposition, but you know, I think going into Enterprise tomorrow night, especially for players like Tori Krug hasn't experienced that, um, you know, just the, the, the way that the Blues fans make noise, just the common sounds that we take for granted, we're going to hear them again tomorrow night, and I think it's going uh, to, I, I really do believe it's going to add another, another three or four layers of energy, execution, and play uh, from the Blues. And, and uh, you know, that's why I'm very hopeful. I'm very optimistic because of the wherewithal that the Blues have inside them, that uh, that they can come back and, you know, even up this series. They lost two on the road. All you have to do is win two more uh, back at home ice, and you've, you've basically even it up here.
4: Panger, the MO of this club has been to dominate possession time in the offensive zone. Why has it been so difficult in these last two
7: games? They stop you rather quickly, don't they? they, they, um, they they've done a nice job of that. The, the, uh, for me, the Blues when they're on their game, they're, they're well connected. For example, the the fourth line, uh, the Clifford, uh, Sanford Blay line, you know, when they got into the offensive zone, they were really heavy on pucks. They didn't lose any battles. And they actually, have been the only line for me that's been really consistent in doing that. So what have they done different than the other lines? You know what? They haven't cheated. They haven't cheated. They, they really stops and starts battle for pucks, win, lose pucks, lifting sticks, being heavy on sticks and, and, and that wears you down. I think that line in particular has a, kind of exposed Colorado, but yet the other skill lines are, are getting, you know, they're getting a couple of chances here or there, but it's one and done. And I, I just think they've got to get connected as a three-man unit in tight in the offensive zone. But also I think the D as well. I mean, you are you know, it's not just three guys in there. You've got to have your D active. And when the Blues were putting pressure late in the game, you saw pinches down low, and then the forward would support up high. Pinches down low, forward would support. And I got to tell you, if they look at all the positive videos, the positive clips, the good clips, um, then they'll find something, and they'll it'll trigger exactly what every single line needs. But listen, can't have any passengers this time of year. If you have one passenger per line, well, then you're it's going to break down because mm-hmm. that's not the way the blue system works.
0: Panger, I want to talk to you about the two big hits last night. As, as Shen said, that greasy elbow by Josty Tyson Jost on Robert Port- Portuzo, and of course the cadre hit on Justin Falk. What do you expect the the punishment to be for those hits?
7: Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure if, if there's going to be any on Jost, um, and I they they obviously from the bench angle had a had a really good view of it. Our view is from the play by play side, and we had to go back and. And find it like we, you know, you know, as, as our situation, not being there, as you guys well know, it's like, it's a bit of a challenge, but uh, I was with Tim Pap Tim Paps after the period. And I said, we got, we got to find that, that, that hit. I, I think it's an elbow. And I actually got some help from Joe Vitale. We text during the game. Um, you know, if you see something that the other guy doesn't see, you know, just trying to help out. And he said, I think it was an elbow. So we, we traced it back. And, you know, at first glance, I, I didn't think it was a violent elbow. That's just me. Uh, but it was an elbow to the head. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't think there was an intent to elbow him in the head, but there was an elbow. So the next one by like Padre, I I've, I've seen this movie before and you know, he's been, he's been suspended five times. He was suspended in, in, uh, 18 in the playoffs for Toronto, that twice or three times in the playoffs. Um, to me, it was a, it, it, it wasn't the worst hit I've ever seen in my life, but it was a bad hockey play. Now it's, uh, it, Bernie Federico and I had this discussion after it like in our day uh you you, you know you go back to the bench to better better keep, keep your head up uh, and the other guy would have been applauded by his teammates but it's changed now it's not that way anymore it's up to the hitter the responsibility of the hitter uh drilling a guy in a real vulnerable spot he's shooting a puck how can he have his head up in that situation he's in the middle of firing the puck in fact he released the puck so I don't like the hit whatsoever and I believe that he will get suspended
6: I was watching the game last night, Panger, and I, I was talking with these guys about traffic in front for both Jordan Bennington and trying to create traffic in front on the other end. Would you agree with that? That that's got to change.
7: It sure is good on the Colorado side, Dan. <laughs> they, they're when the play develops, Dan. You you see the puck carrier, McKinnon or or whomever, and we're mesmerized by him. But in the meantime, those other guys are meat and potatoes. I mean. Rantanen's huge at 6'4". Landeskog's 220 pounds. They beeline it right to the front of the net. I mean, there's no shying away or, or going to the outside and looking for some hopeful little Sedin-like redirection. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're awesome at what they do. And, and, you know, their mentality has been that for a few years, and now they're clicking. So the Blues aren't even given a chance to box them out. They get there so fast. And the Blues on the other side of it, again, the Clifford line, they're getting to the front of the net. Uh, you know, but take no offense to them, but they don't quite, you know, they're not quite the skill line of that top line of the Colorado Avalanche. So between Donskoy and Rantanen and and, and, uh, and Landeskog, uh, they're, they're, they're paying a price. Belmar, they're paying a price and going to the front of the net. And I think the Blues could take a page out of that.
4: And ultimately, Panger, tomorrow night with that crowd, you expect some early energy because of the starts for the Blues, Hep, they've been less than stellar.
7: Yes, I agree with you on that. I mean, you can't start a playoff game and give up a goal right off the hopper. You can't start a period like the game one in the third period in a one-one game where your goalie's standing on his head and, and you give up a, a real poor, uh, poorly executed defending goal 30 seconds in, and then you give another one, what, a minute and a half after that. So your preparation's everything, coming out flying, uh, knocking them right on their socks, uh, using that energy, um, you know, getting some big hits, but don't run around to get those big hits. So, But I do believe, Randy, that that, I, I'm really looking forward to that that opening. You know, you're talking about the the uh, the anthem, the warm up, uh, the the puck drop right off the hop, and I I, I think the Blues will have a, a ton of energy for this one. Now, keep in mind, uh, you know, we're going to have some changes on the blue line. I I, I don't know what what's going to happen with Justin Falk and Robert Bortuzzo, but I I just have to anticipate. And I'm not trying to play doctor, but I have to anticipate that they wouldn't be available for the game tomorrow night. Yeah, definitely.
4: Panger, always great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for taking some time with us. We do appreciate it. We'll be tuned in tomorrow
7: night for game three. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. You guys have a great morning, and thanks for having me on.
4: Thank you. That is Darren Pang, blues analyst on Bally Sports Midwest, and he joins us every week here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to cross things over, and we're going to give away some Cardinals tickets next on 101 ESPN. Jason texted the word adorable into the text line and Emily randomly chose Jason as our contestant here. And if he comes up with the dad joke of the day, if it's a great dad joke, then Jason will be on his way to Sunday night's Cardinals Cubs game. Michelle, Dan, Randy with you and Jason. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great. Thank you very much for listening. And what, how weird was it to hear us say, yeah, if you text in adorable, you <laughs> can be a person that has an opportunity at this. Was it weird to text in the word adorable?
5: A little bit, but, you know, good name for autocorrect, so I knew how to spell it correctly and all that. But no, it's it's fine. I'll text in whatever to win some cardinal tickets. There you go. But
0: that's the right attitude. Okay, Jason, let's see what you got. Give us your dad joke.
9: All right, so... How, how how does a penguin
5: build its house?
4: How does a penguin build its house? How? It glues it together. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Very good. Very <laughs> All good. All right. Well done. Okay. Right.
4: That's worth some tickets. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. We'll email them to you and have fun at the Cards-Cubs game on Sunday night.
5: I will. Thanks so much.
4: Thanks, Jason. Jason with us, winning tickets on 101 ESPN. And we're going to give away more tomorrow. And you get to watch Wayno on uh,
6: Sunday Night Baseball, yes. which is uh, should be fun. Fun for the national TV audience. I'm sure a lot of the focus uh, is not only on the series and opening up the ballpark, but you, I would imagine, if all goes to plan, you would have Molina behind the plate and Wainwright on the mound. And from a nationally televised game, that's a nice storyline to have, for sure. Yeah. Definitely, you know, to see those two guys for folks outside this market that maybe don't pay attention
0: to the Cardinals. When we spoke to Weno this week, we talked about the chance that he wasn't here this season and how strange it would be to not have him on this team. It just feels like so many moments already this season have Weno's fingerprints all over him.
6: He told me that there was a two week period where he really felt this may be it, like honestly felt, you know, you go into an offseason, you're a free agent, you're getting courted, it, it feels good. Obviously, his heart is here. He wanted to be here. But he said there was like two weeks where the communication wasn't great, didn't know if it would line up. And he said, hey, it's business. I understand it. Maybe they go in a different direction. But uh, thank goodness he is here. He's pitched well. He's had a couple of blips on the radar. But for the most part, he's been really good. And he's been the anti-2021 starter, (laughs) which is he goes deep into games. I I mentioned this on the broadcast last night, is that there was – Edwin Diaz, two nights ago against the Atlanta Braves, pitched for the third day in a row. There has only been either 23 or 24 instances that that has happened. And my point is, is that, and it pertains to Wayno and how we protect pitchers, is that two years ago in a regular season, 2019, there were 233 instances of a pitcher going three days in a row. We've had only 24. We're at the quarter point of the season. We'll be under 100 this year. So you're, you're noticing that managers and front offices are saying, we need to be really careful. We need to maybe go to a six-man rotation when you have a lot of games in a row, like the Cardinals just got out of and will have coming up with 17 in a row in 17 days. you got to find ways to try to save bullets and keep guys healthy. With Wayno, though, it's the anti-2021. They're just saying, hey, go out there. And he's even said, it. he's publicly said it. If I bust, I bust. And mm-hmm. I've had a great run, and that's the way it goes. But um, it's fun watching him pitch, and is I was thinking about this last night too. We we're saying who would be the cardinal that's going to get the no hitter? All these no hitters in in baseball. Flaherty makes sense with his stuff. Mm-hmm. I, my my the sentimentality of it. I'd love to see Wayne O get would a shot at. Oh, That'd it'd be awesome. It, it'd be like uh, Kevin Costner again. I said that on television last night. Yeah, for love of the game. Right. You
4: know what was his phrase that he used? Find the mechanism. I think yeah, it was. That's it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, in his last game for the Tigers.
6: Yeah, Got a and going through his life in baseball as they were going through every inning. Yeah. It it, I like that movie.
4: I do think now with where the Cardinals are, and the, a lot of it is going to depend, again, on this weekend, but they can plan on making the playoffs, and I think it makes sense to preserve Wainwright and everybody else for September and October. Well, that's where I would
6: think some of the minor league guys would get a shot i think if everything goes to plan and if you could draw it up perfectly matthew liberator comes up and works out of your bullpen Mm -hmm. so that's how he gets his feet wet in major league baseball zach thompson gets his feet wet coming out of the bullpen i I think oviedo needs to get back on track in the minor leagues that was a non-competitive start that he had in san diego on that friday night so you're going to see him again it's going to happen Again, everything's got to fall into place where guys are healthy and available every fifth day, if need be. But I'm with you. If if you can somehow get a lead, y- you can serve it. I mean, even in the first half or the first quarterway point here now of the season, we're
4: noticing that starters where you might push them, teams are not doing no, it. Mm-hmm. No. And by the way, this is how things have changed, and the game has changed a lot. But when Bruce Suter was here in 81, 82, 83, 84 – he told Whitey he wanted to, and they played six games a week. You were off either on Monday or Thursday. And Bruce said, I want to pitch four times. I want to I want to be on the mound four times out of those six games every week. And he pretty much was. The Cardinals
6: right now, every minor league team does not play on a Monday. So you play a six-game series to mitigate travel. So you have six games. And I thought that they would do, at AAA at least, more of a piggyback system. They have not been doing that. Liberatory, I think it's 17 innings. And he struck out something like fourteen or fifteen. He's only walked four. Zach Thompson has had some issues, but these are guys that eventually you're going to count on, and maybe sooner than later because you're going to be careful with these arms. There's no doubt.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing Libertor too. Yeah,
6: he's he's you know you you gave up a pretty good player to get him. Yep. So he's going to be here sooner
4: than later, I would imagine. And Waino looks at him as a future top of the rotation guy. You think about the young pitchers that they have and ultimately they're going to give Alex Reyes a chance to start. So if you have Flaherty in the rotation next year, that would be my guess. So Flaherty and Reyes at the top. And then you can look at a guy like Libertor and a guy like Zach Thompson coming along. You are going to have a good starting rotation for three, four years down the road. Yeah. And there's guys now that
6: are at A ball and double A that they like too, that Mm -hmm. aren't household names. Like to me, Libertor, if you follow Cardinal baseball, it's a household name, yeah. especially with Randy and right. what he did, and you're wondering what you're getting back in the deal. And a lot has been made on him being a former top prospect and now considered the top pitching prospect for the Cardinals. So but there's others coming. I mean, they you gotta give the Cardinals credit here. You you can debate on some of the deals, uh, whether it's signing Fowler or Luke Foyt or whatever. I don't care. They develop some pitching, man, and they mm-hmm. have continually year in and year out. Now we'll see if they are making the right choices with their outfielders and if they can stay healthy and put together some solid years. Bader to me has been a difference maker for this team when he's come back. O'Neill has eight home runs. Dylan Carlson could be the rookie of the year. So yep. you got to like what you have and in Tommy your And Tommy Edmond in and, and, and right field at, I think, about 85, 94, 95 innings, something like that, and and played above average defense. So they've done a good job with that. Very, very good job. We're looking forward to having you back with us tomorrow. But you're on for another hour. What do you have coming up? Phil Gardner, uh, former manager, and uh, Scrap Iron, great player on the 79. We are champion, and we are family, I should say, 1979 Pittsburgh Pirates. So he's coming up. Looking forward to that. He was in the middle of those. He was the manager of those. I, I found it to be some of the most entertaining games, Houston and St. Louis, back when both teams were really good in the Central Division. Remember, they yep. they went yeah. to the World Series, and 04 was fun, 06 was fun, and he was the manager of those teams.
4: When Whitey retired in 1990, I don't remember where Garner was, but the Cardinals came to Jack Buck and asked him, hey, who should we get? And they already it was already set up that Torrey was going to be the guy, but somebody else came to Jack, and he said, you should hire Phil Garner. Yeah. And he was a really good major league manager. Did a great job. And a, he was on those A's teams that were a dynasty. Yes. So he, he was... A, fun guy he'll be fun to have on the show he's a he's a fun guy to listen to well i want to ask him from a player's perspective because he
6: played in a fun era of baseball in the 70s and then managed and then managed in the mid 2000s to what what does he think about baseball now yeah. you know he gives you both both looks at it because you know analytics were kind of trickling in a little bit when he was managing and now it's prevalent it's everyday um, so I, I just wonder, you know, does he enjoy the
4: game? Does he watch it? What What's happening with him? It'll be interesting. We're looking yeah. forward to it. A great job today by our producer engineer, Emily Butcher. Thank you. Thank you. And Michelle, this was fun as it always is.
0: It was. I'll see you guys tomorrow.
4: We will be back at it tomorrow. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show till tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've
2: been listening to the Character and Smallman Podcast, powered by I Promise.
4: Looking for something to do this weekend? Make up for lost time and check live events off your bucket list. Vivid Seats has tickets to sports, concerts, comedy, and theater, all at great prices. And all with a 100% buyer guarantee. Plus, they're the only ticketing company where you can earn rewards with every purchase. No one else has that. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today and use TicketNow for $10 off your first $100 purchase. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Here's the lowdown on lowering bad cholesterol from Lecvio.
6: Lowering bad cholesterol is hard, but you could do hard. You live through five fad diets, 11 sleep training nights, nine mediocre middle school recitals, one heart attack. And with LecVio, you can lower your bad cholesterol and keep it
2: low with two doses a year after two starter doses. Prescription Lectio and glycerin is given by a doctor for people with known heart disease on a statin with diet who need more
6: help lowering bad cholesterol. Common side effects are injection site reaction, joint pain, urinary tract infection, diarrhea, chest cold, pain in legs or arms, and shortness of breath. Results may vary. Learn more at Lectio.com. Or call 1-833-537-8462. Ask your doctor about
2: Lecvio. That's L-E-Q-V-I-O. Lower, Longer Lecvio.